Okay, so you are rising heroes in a land of uh, magic and dragons. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Um, I haven't actually. And you will <laughs> really. Where have you been? There be dragons. You've been you've been clinically dead for all the recessions, I guess. So. Um, you, uh, you know, you're rising heroes in a place that we'll simply call the kingdom. It's it's sort of, mm. you know, uh, purposely vague for now, at least within the scope of, of this playtest, right? And um, a uh, a cleric of some repute, Clownic. Clownic uh, is a cleric of uh, the god of trade and travel. Um. And uh, he recently hired the three of you uh, to eliminate uh, a disruption of a trade route nearby. Apparently, about a week ago, uh, as he mentioned, uh, a nearby trade route was disrupted by these attacks that kept happening. They were persistent. Um, survivors from those attacks claimed that they were attacked by kobolds, but that the kobolds could breathe fire? and could fly like dragons. So, in order to fix this, Klaunik has hired you adventurers to um, to travel, you know, this trade route and, and try to eliminate the problem so the trade can flow freely again. Now, uh, he has given each of you ten gold pieces to use on equipment, and so on and so forth. And he has promised an additional fifty gold pieces each once you bring back proof of your success, whatever that may be. Right. Now you know that this trade route lies east of Prelude, which is the city you're in right now. And uh, it winds through the sprawling ruins of an ancient city-state known as Cerulea. Now, Plonek suggested that the lot of you travel the trade route uh, to a village on the route itself called called Canaria, to gather information and prepare to, you know, to defeat whatever this this kobold dragon force, whatever it is, uh, in order to take care of it. Sounds right. like a team name. Kobold dragon force. <laughs> that, was a, that was the name of our, our Super Sentai yeah, team. Yeah. Kobold yeah. dragon force. This? Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Kobold Sentai. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sold on the idea immediately. So, the three of you, um, as you are... Let's give you a little background. So, you are currently in uh, Cleric Clownick's office. He's just explained all the following to you. Uh, he is a man in his uh, early 40s. He has a kind of a what you describe as kind of like a bowl cut, but something more sort of professional and formal than that, if that makes any sense. It doesn't look like... Uh, it's kind of fancy. Yes, yeah. it doesn't look like Mo from the Three Stooges. Yeah, it's, it's not just yeah. like hard green. It's a bowl cut and then sort of slightly you know, shaved sides and um, a uh, chin beard uh, is sort of like a dark blonde um, and he's wearing a sort of a, a fine fine robe of, you know, uh, decorated with various sort of baubles and trinkets that are sort of mild tributes to the god of trade and travel. Um, 
And so he's explained all of this to you, and you three are, are sort of casually um, wrapping up this discussion uh, and enjoying, you know, a nice sit inside his uh, office in the cathedral. Well, that's the state of it. Uh, do you think you're up to it? Yes. Always ready to help a friendly guild. Yes. Excellent. I knew I, I would. Uh, I knew I would feel good about hiring the lot of you. Uh, now, uh, I don't know how much uh, credence to give the uh, the survivors' stories. You understand. I, I'm working with the best uh, knowledge that we have about this particular incident. What I do know is either man or kobold or beast or, or whatever. Uh, this trade must continue, otherwise uh, places like Prelude, Canaria, and everything along the route will wither and, and, and drop off the vine, so to speak. Uh, we must make sure that trade continues. And to that, I ask that you eliminate any obstacles with any means necessary. Now, I, as you know, I'm a man of the cloth. Our god is a sympathetic god, a generous god. And so if there is a way to solve these issues uh, at a, a, in a place that is not at the tip of a blade, then by all means, uh, please do so. I leave that to your discretion. Of course. Hmm. Now, here are the ten gold pieces I promised you, and each he hands you sort of a small pouch. And you can use that on, on your equipment, and you are more than welcome to stock up here uh, before you make your way to the trade route itself. I will say that uh, you're headed into a... Have either of you been down that way before? No. Hmm. I'd, I wouldn't expect so. Uh, people don't tend to... Uh, uh, well, the average commoner doesn't tend to uh, move around the areas of the, uh, the, the ruins of Cerulea. It's, there's still a bit of superstition about the place. Um, mostly the only travel that goes by or through those ruins are merchants who are necessarily have to go through the sort of the travelled paths uh, in order to get to their markets. Um, but you will expect uh, woodlands, you should expect uh, fresh water, uh, rivers and streams and so on, uh, and uh, a number of abandoned uh, castles, fortifications, that sort of thing, the closer you draw towards Canaria. Uh, towards, uh, excuse me, uh, Cerulea proper. Corneria is uh, along the route, and you sh it's a, a fine city. I've been there several times. A, li a bit secular for my tastes, but uh, uh, we, uh, we can't all be bastions of, of faith like we hear or prelude. <laughs> now, there should be somebody there in Corneria who can give you more information or who can help you. Uh, you might also be able to uh, acquire some new uh, equipment if, it's, if that's necessary, perhaps if you're travel on the route has uh, drained your stores, you may be able to replenish them. Now, do you have any other questions for me before I return to my services? How long of a route is this? How many days, approximately? Well, let's see. Well, the route itself can be completed in its entirety in a week. Um, but I imagine that uh, your... Well, the time spent on this particular errand will uh, will vary greatly. Perhaps you will stumble upon these 
these uh, vagabonds immediately, or perhaps you will find them at the end of the road. I only wish that uh, after, uh, say, two weeks, of course, uh, that you return and show me proof of your success, whatever that may be. Oh, well, not one of the pieces of the creatures or vagabonds, please. Something a little more uh, palatable. Thank you. Do they target merchants specifically or just accost anyone who goes along the path? Both, given that most, if not all, travel on the route is by is, is by merchant. Yes. Merchants are usually without guard. That's uh, not so. Some of them, uh, in uh, in their c- uh, caution or their paranoia, do in fact bring guards, but those guards are often uh, slaughtered. If so, then only... If not, then only one or so remains and escapes with the rest of the cart here to tell us the tale. Of course. Hmm. That seems we have our task set out for us. Well, I ask that you be careful, you'll be swift, and may the god of trade and travel bless you. And he uh, gets up, opens the door of his, his cathedral office, and gestures, you know, escorts you out as you're, you know, worming your way downstairs out of the sort of vaulted ceilings and fine marble of the cathedral. You find yourself on the streets of Prelude. Well, if everybody has food, rations for the trip, I think so. Then unless we wish to, uh, Upgrade from a bedroll to a tent or something. The choice is yours. I don't mind a little rain. We can always find a tree, hopefully. Especially if they're forest. So, sh- shall we simply set out then? Yes. I'm of a mind to set out. Very well. We make our way towards a uh, exit heading towards. Is it Cornaria? Canaria. Canaria. Like Canary in the mind show. N- well, C O N. C O N. E R I A. E R. Conaria. Cornaria. Not Cornaria, but Conaria. Anyway, so you're heading. Yeah, you're heading. You're. As you are traveling out to the outskirts of Prelude and heading on to the trade. Route uh, uh, a well uh, weathered and traveled uh, sort of um, dirt and sand path uh, that stretches into the wilderness. Um, why don't each of you describe what your character looks like? Okay, uh, Agate has uh, robot arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think the like proper style of it. I I think it is more um, that kind of like uh, South Asian kind of martial arts or, gear. Like the orange, the more of the wraps, the more focus. Like a like a I'm to think uh, like a Muay Thai yeah kind of fighter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. much more of the wraps the has the gi. Yeah, mm-hmm. has the yeah, simple gi on uh, wrapped arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Um, just extra padding for hitting, basically. Oh, sure, yeah. I guess there's yeah. a pretty good photo of that. Um, outside of that, 
has hair back in a ponytail, which goes basically down to like probably waist. Okay. Yeah. Only only mildly. Because mm. this is like the standard. Dude. Except uh, yours is more gi and. I, when, whenever you mentioned yeah. the the Southeast Asian, kind of like, not, like a Muay Thai fighter, I absolutely get like, yeah. like, um, not necessarily the character, but what he's wearing. Do you remember Adon from Street Fighter? Let me Google that real quick. A D O M. Right. Okay, you remember yeah. he had the yep. knee up. He's got the ridiculous hair. Yeah. But he has the wraps on his hands and, and feet yeah. and everything like that. That's yeah. what I was thinking when you said. Take take those wraps and kind of mix it with that karate gi. Yeah, so like a set. combination of yeah. Muay Thai and karate. Kind of. yeah. yeah, okay, cool. And you have the traditional long ponytail. Yep, of course. <laughs> Well-maintained, disciplined. I can't, I can't wait for your deepest moment of shame where you're forced to cut it off <laughs> and That's hurl it into worst. a volcano. <laughs> Screaming somebody's name. Yeah. Phil! Oh. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so that is what Agate, Agate. looks like. What mm-hmm. about uh, Galahad? It's definitely kind of like Vincent from Final Fantasy VII's kind of aesthetic, nice. like that red and black mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic. The the full like With, vampire like, look. Mm-hmm. Kind not really. It's more of just like the clothing rather than like okay the full aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you're since you're a cleric, are you dressed in a like a clerical fashion? Well, not cl- now, are you dressed in like a filing cabinet? Or? No. Um, you have robes on, or is it like leather armor, or what? It's scale mail, but it, 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 I, I think the guild is a little bit like more like non-religious than it is like. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it, okay. it's more like tradesman kind. It of looks look. more like secular clothing. Than yeah. It. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Okay. Very good. What what uh, what do you what's your what's your face look like? Face Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> what a pull! So, uh, I think a uh, uh, Peter from. Uh, we have France. to save the four crystals. What's his name? <laughs> Peter Bishop. Oh um, yeah, uh, Joshua Jackson from oh, French. Okay, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that sort of a very. I, I'm trying to. How do you describe that? Short, face? short brown haircut and kind of a. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Kind of a perpetually that five o'clock shadow. Yeah, perpetually mildly upset. <laughs> I get yeah. you mildly upset. Yeah. Unmaintained a little. Not bit. not full angry, but you can yeah. tell he's disappointed. He's kind of disappointed. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's Galahad, and what does Lucindra look like? All right. Uh, she is in. Uh, uh, Purple and black robes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has uh, uh, raven-colored black hair, and it's in braids on the sides of her head. Okay. And like two braids? Like Leia? Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. Okay. All right. And uh, she's got the glasses, and then it's like stock anime girl face. <laughs> so she has giant eyes yes. and an incredibly small mouth. And a piece of toast. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she also has a raven on her shoulder. Okay. Uh-huh. So so on the spectrum between uh, Lulu and Yuffie, where does she fall on oh, the spectrum? I see. <laughs> okay. Because with the raven, I'm pushing towards Lulu, obviously. <laughs> oh, what would be a good if? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, she's not a Riku, obviously. No, no. <laughs> what about a Fang? Is no, she a Fang? Quite, not, not quite that bubbly. Fang from Street Fighter? <laughs> no, Fang from Final Fantasy X. Oh, there's What's the one from that. Final Fantasy IV, the, the summoner? Lydia? Is that yeah, it? I think, I yeah, think that's it. That might be five, actually. I don't know. L-Y-D-I-A? FF5? FF4, maybe? Yeah, it's, it's fi- Final Fantasy IV. Yeah. I don't okay. Summoner's War. Fuck you. I don't know <laughs> what this game is. Did I get it right? Was it five or four? Four. It's four. It's four. It's four. Okay, all right. Then, yeah. yeah, the green-haired Summoner. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, that tells me that tells me things. Okay. Duly noted. Okay. All right. So this um, motley crew. this motley crew uh, with a very clear color scheme um, <laughs> makes its way out of Prelude and begins traveling down the uh, the titular trade route. Right. Um, your first couple of days, um, as you you know, two or three days pass as you're traveling. You um, stop occasionally to, um, to, to eat, to harvest some, some water from a nearby stream. Um, you see an errant animal or two, a wolf, and so on. But nothing that gives you even sort of the slightest sort of hackle raise. Mm-hmm. It all appears to be pretty uneventful. And fr- frankly, pretty pleasant, actually. The weather actually holds up pretty well. Nice. Um, you uh, travel uh, along one of these sort of bends in the trade route um, on the uh, the afternoon of the third day, and you find yourself uh, sort of met uh, several feet down the uh, the route. You can see a wagon that's been stopped, uh, and it looks like it has a broken wheel. Very clearly, you can see sort of on the back end, one of the sort of wooden wheels of the wagon has been splintered and. And it's clearly out of commission. It's not, unless it gets heavily repaired or replaced, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. You see, um, well, actually, everybody make me a perception check, please. Hopefully they didn't hit a pothole and break their axle. Nope. Seven. Thirteen. Fifteen. Okay. So, the two of you, uh, Lucindra and Galahad, you note... Well, all of you see a man with a scraggly beard and a red cloak standing on the road uh, in front of the wagon, and he is shouting at presumably the occupants of the wagon. See, he's de- he's demanding valuables, and the tra- the travelers inside the wagon you can hear in sort of strained voices are pleading for mercy. Please, please don't hurt us. Um, and the two of you, Galahad and Lucinda, you spy four cloaked figures, not camouflaged really, but they are sort of um, attempting to stay somewhat hidden. Uh, they're standing in, in nearby tall overgrowth, uh, and they have crossbows trained on the wagon. So you can see here, we have got our our big man on campus here, is shouting, and then we have our four cloaked figures in the nearby sort of overgrowth with those crossbows trained. Are we coming like... You guys are coming in this way. Yes. You're coming in from the south. So if you will place your uh, your adventurers over there, please. Uh, Here, perhaps? Here? 
Right there? Very good. So you've come across this scene, and you can see the red-cloaked, scraggly-bearded man. Uh, he is shouting, Stand and deliver! Give up all your goods! Or by God, we'll slaughter the lot of you to a man and child. So what do you want to do? I think we should move in stealthily while uh, Galahad uh, draws their attention. Bravely, of course. Yes. <laughs> so you're defaulting to bravely. Is that correct? Brave Sir Galahad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Okay. So, um, so, so who is attempting to come up stealthily on this party? I mean, I'll give it a shot. Uh, I have decks, but I'm not trying to. It I will, sounds. I will play along. It sounds like the scraggly bearded man is demanding not only their valuables but also food and any sort of supplies that they yeah. have as well. Is that is the right cloak man yeah. number one? That's number one. That's right. Man, he's too far away. He's got to take a couple of steps forward. Yeah, and then it's like sixteen. Yeah, and he probably well, presumably we can see him. Yeah. That's not a problem. They should have sent a bar. <laughs> okay, so if they haven't noticed, if you want to get to the side, I'll try to draw their attention. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. At least get the uh, crossbows pointed away from the people in the caravan. We'll see if we can deal with this somewhat peacefully. Oh, that's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we were going to get the element of surprise on them and then yes, take flip them the situation. He did specifically ask to minimize bloodshed. And yes, they are threatening bloodshed. Uh... Sure, I can. But it we can bring them yet. in, but we have to subdue them. Yeah. I'm all for that. Perhaps we've found what we're looking for already. We will render them unconscious we'll and drag they, them back. We'll see if they uh, spit flames. That'll, uh, be the, that'll be the thing, yes. Can throw these... Uh, brigands in jail. Grab the leader and throw the leader on the desk of this cleric. In one piece. In one piece, exactly. He didn't want parts. <laughs> no. No, he did not. He didn't specify the <laughs> the quality of that piece. <laughs> the wholeness of that, that piece. piece. Yeah. We just like have a, have a not a revified, but a <laughs> like a bit extreme, but yeah, yeah, I get where you're going. So again, it looks like the four cloaked figures, which now that you've pointed it out, mm-hmm. um, Agate, you've become aware of, um, are clearly keeping a trained eye with crossbows at the ready at the um, at the wagon, right? And it, they don't appear to be sort of varying their gazing. They're very clearly ready, just in case anybody tries to make a break forward, it looks like, to shoot them down. And you still hear the scraggly bearded man sort of to high heaven, mm-hmm. you know, shouting and growling. He's actually gotten up on the front of the cart now, like the where, where the, yeah, where the sort of driver's hitch is, um, where the rest of... There's nobody, it appears, at least from this, to, from your view, 
in they front don't. driving the horses anymore. They've all sort of retreated into sort of the main compartment. He's gotten on the driver's hitch, and he's like bouncing up and down and sort of like shaking the whole wagon, trying to intimidate them uh, to give up their valuables and their food. He's clearly not even doing a good job. Let's let's move around, hit the sides, yeah, grab their attention. The, the henchman from like three ten to Yuma. Sort of, yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you want to move ahead stealthily, that sounds like a stealth check. Yep. Am I assisting? How bad? In, in, oh, that's, no. that's a good question. Are you giving us advantage by drawing their attention? Because I, I, I do have not. a little bit that I want to do. To well, at least do attention. the bit. Because <laughs> I'm going to have my Warhammer, and I'm going to like shake it like a bell, and do like a hear ye, hear ye, and, and, and cast Toll of the Dead. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're giving red-caped adventures a bad name. So you... So you... Um, let's say, that's you, right? Yeah. I'll have you there. Because it has to be 60 feet, so I guess it'd be... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30, 30, 30, Yeah, so you're, you're good. All right, so, so we'll do this simultaneously, okay. right? So you do this. You step just you put a, just a foot forward. You wow. rattle your war hammer, and you insult the honor and duty of our scraggly-bearded man, and you cast Toll the Dead. Okay. So because of that, we got a little surprise round, so let's roll initiative. Natural one, so three. <laughs> three for all that I get. Nine. I am Nine fully trusting Sunday. that we are stealthy and will not be seen. Ten. Well, I rolled you got ten? Well, ten. So. ten. Mm. so let us roll. I did eight. For our enemies. Well, they're not my enemies, I'm controlling them. Natural twenty. Enemies of the night. Well, here we go. That's the, uh, not the player killer. Nope. Okay. So you cast Toll the Dead, and you're casting it on the, on this here one, the the one on the left hand side Such in the underbrush. Save. Okay. So he will make a wisdom save. He rolled an eleven. That fails. It's only D eight. So what poor unfortunate thing happens to him? One. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's one point of necrotic damage. So describe the effect of your Toll the Dead spell. What does it look like? As this, as this, uh, this bandit is, has trained his crossbow on the wagon, and suddenly... It, it, since I'm a Tempest, I think it, 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 it plays heavily into like that kind of like storming, kind of like more thunder threat than like... He's like very much hearing like the bells, and it's kind of making okay. him so, frightened a little bit. With the 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 rest of sort of the soundscape of the trade route, you can hear birds chirping and wind rustling through leaves on the trees and the underbrush, and old Scraggly Beard shouting and rattling the the wagon. You don't hear any claps of thunder, but that gentleman there, you see very quickly, he stumbles out of the the underbrush into the path of the road and you see him sort of like hold his he drops his uh, crossbow to the to the to the sandy ground and sort of holds his ears and he's where's that coming from very quickly you see everyone else turns 
with the exception of the scraggly bearded man who's really Still, getting in on, in, on the wagon. just in the carriage. They all turn to look towards their freaking out friend. You guys need to make stealth stealth uh, checks. But I did that. Okay. 18. 18? 12. And I and imagine 12. us going opposite directions. Yeah. Two different sides, I was imagining. Pincer, so which, which side do you want? Uh, I was thinking towards me, just okay. so it's easier for me. Yeah, to okay, so which way do you want to go? This way. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Um, can I uh, dash with that? Or does that work in stealth? That's fine. Oh. I mean, you can dash with that, yeah. So, I'll move probably about right here. 35, 40, 45, 50? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what about you? Uh, what about you? Okay. Uh, this side, got a base speed of 10, 40. 15, 20, 25, 30... 35, 35, 40. 40. Yep. Uh, yeah, that'll be good. Okay. We'll, we'll keep an eye on things. Um, take the dodge action. Very good. For enhanced defense. Raises. Sure. Bad dog. So, um, you guys, the two of you, Lucinda, get, uh, Agate, you split off and head Raises. into... From, from piece of shrubbery to bush to rock and everything like that, moving as quickly and as stealthily as you can to surround uh, this, this group of uh, bandits and thugs. Um, uh, this this uh, bandit here is still out on the road, sort of clutching his ears and sort of um, uh, thrashing around on, on, on the ground, continuously calling, calling out, Where's that coming from? I don't understand it. Where? Very quickly you hear the... This uh, bandit here on the right-hand side, under the shrubbery, you can see him giving, since he is nearest, you can clearly see his face. He is giving um, the ear-clutching bandit a very queer look. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's confused, and he shouts what looks like back at the scraggly beard. He says, uh, Hey, boss! Bilo's going nuts over here! And you can see that the jiggling of the wagon very slowly stops. And then you see a head peer out from the side, the same scraggly beard, red cloak. What you on about? And you can see that the other bandit's like, It's Milo! He's he's gone nuts! He's, He's rolling around on the ground! Do something! And you can see he very clearly gives a like a slow, solid blink. You do something about it. I'm the boss. I'm negotiating. As he continues to shake the wagon. Keep that hand in. You see that uh, that same bandit sort of does this kind of um, exasperated sigh and begins to uh, he begins to move forward to intercept his struggling friend. He goes over there. Let's do some checking here. He um, he's now above the the thrashing bandit. He's kind of looking down at him. He's got his crossbow um, sort of at a kind of a parade rest. Is not exactly the, mm-hmm. like a like a half like a ready stance, mm-hmm. right? And he's looking down at him. Pilot, what the hell's your problem? Did you not hit it. You don't. You don't have to shout. What's? And you see him just do a quick look around. 
So he rolled, let's see. Uh-huh. <laughs> 23. <laughs> <laughs> so he's there. He looks around, um, trying to figure out, you know, he looks like he's trying to source where this disturbance so, is coming wait, from. Where's, like, where's he's given, given Bilo the benefit of the doubt. Like, well, maybe there is something I'm not quite hearing. Mm-hmm. He looks around, and he catches sight uh, of a ponytail uh, sticking out of some underbrush uh, on the right-hand side. He's, he whips around, levels the crossbow. Ah, crap! We got company! Just do the stand-up and just lock eyes. <laughs> and suddenly, everyone... You see, you see the uh, the wagon immediately stop bouncing. You see that um, our friend jumps off of the side, and uh, he locks eyes. He spots you, and he says, "Get him!" And everybody trains their weapons <laughs> on the love. <laughs> Look how nobody I, heard. I know. I'm just like ding, ding. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily yeah. a. Doesn't necessarily create. A sound that everybody yeah. can hear, right? But I'm also trying to be vocal, so everybody else was so focused. I, I just need like an actual bell in my mace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Put that up on top. Okay. So number two here fires a bolt at you at the uh, at the behest of his boss. Has disadvantage. Hooray! Um, dodge. He rolled a natural one. Okay. Plus three would be four, but anyway. Good sh- good try. So good a, a crossbow bolt sails clean headlong over your head and into the shrubbery above you, sort of catching in there. You don't see it go the other side or drop, so it's clearly stuck up there in the solid hit in the foliage. Number three here. Uh, he moves to get a, a better vantage point. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. 30. And he fires at you as well. Does he still have disadvantage? Mm-hmm. You're dodging? That's right. Lasts until the start of my next round. Woof. Oh, dodge that 20. Uh, 16 to hit. Still hits. Alright. So a crossbow bolt shoot. shoots out, strikes you, you take 7 piercing damage. Oof. Oof. You can take like 2 more of those. <laughs> <laughs> Number five here, our friend who is checking on Bilo, being so close to you, he um, he goes for a crossbow shot on you, again, mm-hmm. as you have made yourself very clearly sort of their easiest target. Okay. <laughs> Apparently. Within uh, range. Six. That'll miss. So he, shakily, out of, more out of adrenaline and nerves than out of any skill, fires, and you can see that it... It shoots through the air and strikes the trunk of a nearby tree. Four, uh, the Bilo, the, the, the thrashing one. Poor soul Bilo. <laughs> Very quickly, you see him, he's still screaming a bit, and, and as he starts to see his compatriots out of the corner of his eye firing crossbow bolts, you see him very slowly stop thrashing around on the ground. He removes his hands from his ears. It's cool. He looks oh dumbstruck <laughs> as he's just looking around, wondering if its facial expression is any indication. Am I crazy, or did I just hear an entire thunderstorm? The bells, they are a call. <laughs> and our scraggly-bearded friend, you see him produce 
from his uh, from his back, from a sort of a rigging on his back, a heavy crossbow. Oh shit! And he fires at you. Oh, heavy stuff. Oh, natural twenty. But that is a f- thirteen to hit you. That will miss. So that bolt, does the bolt with alarming speed and like a an audible noise <laughs> strikes uh, that same uh, that same tree that the original one the original bolt struck, but splits the original bolt in twain. Nice. <laughs> That's the world of the twenty. Yeah. All right. It would have been good. So next it is, let's see here. Next it is Galahad's turn. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I guess 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. So I'll, I'll move up. Just so. shaking the hammer. And uh, <laughs> Very quickly, both Bilo uh, and his, his concerned friend become aware of a of a rushing red and black cleric <laughs> wielding a warhammer coming down the path. I'm assuming you're doing that like Naruto style <laughs> run. <laughs> the, the low to the ground, cape flapping. Bilo very quickly snaps out of his reverie and sees this, this guy coming. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and then I'll cast Bless on the tomb. Okay. Nice. You guys get an extra D4, yeah. I could have done that. Uh, not oh, to hit. to hit. Yeah. Right. All right. I think we can make that work. Next, it's uh, Lucindra. Okay. So, I'm going to pop out. Say, ha! You didn't inspect me, did you? And then, burning hands. Burning hands. <laughs> Bilo, the one who's still on the ground. This one. Well, it it's gets them both. Cool. Okay, yeah. yeah, all right. So you, yeah, you, so get, you get both of them. That does make dexterity saves, is that right? Surprise! Okay. For 13 is the DC. All right. You keep this up, and the people in the cart are going to think we're going to rob them. <laughs> so one got a 7, and one got a 9. So I imagine they both fit. Yeah. Oh. So 10, points of, 10 points of fire damage. Ten points of fire damage for these poor souls. Yep. Just that little angle. Yeah, of, of him trying to chew into the. So, bone. you, uh, so the both of you see Lucinda pop out. Aha! There's <laughs> a column of flame shoots out of her hands. And you can see that uh, Bilo and his concerned friend are engulfed, like uh, 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 like like old war footage of uh, World War II German flamethrowers oh, yeah. <laughs> shoots out, and you instantly hear uh, uh, cries and confusion on a Wilhelm scream proportion. <laughs> I think that's a war crime. Nearly burned alive. They are now both of them on the ground. Thrashing, much like Bilo did before, but now for a very practical purpose. <laughs> trying to very extinguish visible. themselves. So, Points for practicality. After that, I draw my sword, and as a bonus action, I believe I can go into my dance. Okay. Nice. So, having nearly burned these two men alive, you then start doing a jig. <laughs> on, their, on their soon-to-be ashes. Near them. <laughs> in celebration. Yeah. Of their, of their, the, the Holocaust. Let's be clear. Let's let's, let's just call it like it is. Going um, in hard, I see. Yeah. 
Well, in the in the generic term, not the capital okay. H. Okay. That's <laughs> okay. So then, Maybe a bourbon. Agate. It's actually your turn. All right. Now you can see that after this has happened, the other uh, bandits, including the the red, the scraggly beard, look at them and they're like they're like shocked and disgusted by it. They're like, "Oh, jeez, <laughs> for God's sake, what are you doing to me?" Oh, by the way, my my ravens been circling overhead. Okay, keeping an eye. Very good. Yeah. All right. Uh... Yeah, we're gonna go with it. So, one, two, three, four, five. Kind of rushing an approach, making a bit of a jump, and then kind of like axe kicking uh, the the scraggly bearded one. Yeah, the scraggler build. The uh, the leader. We'll call him the leader from now on. Yep. Take a swing with a uh, club. No, we'll go full unarmed for this one. We'll keep it with the kick. You also get a do four. All right, that might save this. Very, very light on the mic, though. Does a 13 hit? A 13, you say? Yes. It does. Hey. And two. Four bludgeoning damage. Four bludgeoning damage. Okay. So, swift axe kit. It comes down on this sort of neck and shoulder area. And you, oh, fuck! And you can see that he, uh, he recoils a little bit. He maintains his... Um, his grip on his weapon and his uprightness, right? But he is clearly pissed, and he is now sort of angrily barking orders at the rest of his bandits. Go on, get him! Take care of him! You see him at me! Then going to assume more of a defensive, fluid motion with patient defense, run a point of key, and back up to dodge. Okay. As a bonus. And our friends are back. All right. So... The uh, I'm glad they're friends. So the leader, uh, yeah, they're personal friends of mine. That's right. Uh, so, so the the leader clearly upset. Probably took a bit of a naughty bruise there where you've, you've axe kicked him. It's gonna get like a sprained uh, shoulder. Oh yeah. You see that he um, he chucks his crossbow lightly into the sort of driver pit pitch of the carriage. The, uh, the wagon, I, I should say. Um, and you see him pull out a mace. And he smacks it a little bit, like, uh, you know, on the handle, meat obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Smacks it a little bit like a meat tenderizer, and he's like, you fuck up now. Yeah. And he rushes forward to smack you across the face with this mace. All right. All right. He swings once. Still got disadvantage Natural, on Natural, okay. Nice dodge. Not, it's a one and a two. Hey. So you definitely missed that one. So he, with a heavy swing and almost overextending a little Just bit. Just Bruce Lee glide out of the way. And he tries again. Natural one and a two. Hey. And again, another smooth be like water glide. It, 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 was, it, was, it was the hit to the shoulder. He's like really yeah, strained right now. You can hear him sort of like growling and grumbling as he misses once, twice. Twice. You see very quickly um, the remaining... Um, Building up my meter. The remaining bandits near you, um, they fire their, their crossbows. That's one shot. Is a four. Cool. That one. Sorry, no, that was a seven, but it didn't, you know, it didn't hit you. 
And another shot. Jesus Christ. Dodge you were dodging 20s. so many Another seven to hit you. That will also miss. <laughs> Out of the shock of of seeing somebody essentially Im- not only strike but also embarrass their boss, mm-hmm. they are, you can see the sort of the terror both of both of you and of their boss roiling up in their mind as they sort of fire wildly. I can see them boiling over. Yeah. These fellows, uh, who are currently on fire, um, as you do, they, let's see here. Scream in pain. <laughs> they scream in pain. That's a free action. <laughs> Continual. All right. That quick stop, drop, and roll. So they attempt to both of them uh, attempt to you know to continue thrashing about on the ground, trying to put themselves out. So a team and a nine. Okay. So you see very quickly, um, uh, Biro, Biro, um, the unfortunate uh, bandit who hallucinated and then was set on fire. Um, he very quickly you you hear some some tight angry sort of vocalizations vocalizations from him and then you hear nothing as you hear some crackling and mm. his his body moves no more. You do see however his yeah, friend leap off to the side good. five ten feet and actually manage to pat most of himself out uh, on the uh, the nearby sort of like dirt and and brush and so on. He's able to manage to extinguish himself, but he is badly, badly burnt. Okay, uh, Galahad, you're up next. I'm still alive, just very badly burnt. Five, burnt. ten, fifteen, eight, and I'm, do- I'm doing the like non-lethal, just like bashing him with like the center the part of my face, uh, of, of my Your face? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just headbutt. Okay, so you're going to non-lethally, like, bash him? Bash him, yeah. All right, very good. So roll to hit, obviously. Stay down. Now, he is prone, so you have advantage, oh. right? Prone? Nice. Okay. Yep. He's been, been rolling in the dirt. Okay, nice. there we go. There's a 19. There's, there's a 23. 23. That uh, does not hit, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, it definitely does hit. Lucky yeah. boy. No, he's well armed. He's basically, <laughs> he, he, has the, he has the defense of a Slim Jim at this point. So... Nine points of damage. Okay, so you very easily stand over this gentleman, and you see the sort of the blackened, smoking form. He actually slightly raises a hand and a face to, like, in a gesture of futile sort of reflex, smack, and you he just collapses. That's fifteen, twenty, just twenty-five. Very badly burned. I just leave him here and say, you know. What you've done. Okay, then uh, we will leave the body there, so you know what you talk. <laughs> Lucinda, we'll string them up. Uh, we'll put them on pikes as a warning. Lucindra, we've got these wonderful hey. trees. Okay, right. I think I could cast Shield Faith on you if you need it. There we go. So I get behind the boss. Okay. Light him on fire. <laughs> And you. Yeah, of course. 
Sometimes you gotta take one for the team. If I if I if I'm right. That's taking several for the team. No, I think that would still hit, yeah. 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 It would still hit. But I would be okay with it. If it's fifteen foot cone, I think it would be one and you can choose one, two, Two, or one, two. And then three. Yeah. And then three. That is true. I remember the old five E conic. Because they had that in uh Xanathars of guides to cones. Yep. Seems reasonable. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So you get in front, and then you try to burning hands these three, mm-hmm. the the boss and his two henchmen. And I shout, don't worry, I'm not in lethally sh- setting him on fire. <laughs> Who are you shouting that to? <laughs> Just the general group? <laughs> Just herself. <laughs> she yes. needs the reassurance. <laughs> so again, another plume and column of flint shoots out. So, our, uh, our friends need to make dexterity. So, the leader... Fifteen-foot cone should cover six squares on a grid. The leader rolled a five, and our friends, our other friends, the bandits, El Bandito. sixteen and twenty-one. Actual twenty plus one. Okay, so have those two save. So they are, yeah, they managed to sort of like they see what's coming. They hear the plume. They saw what happened to their friend Byro, and they take cover immediately. 12 points of fire damage. So 12 points of fire damage to just our leader, is that right? No, uh, the other take half. Take half. half. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like their backs being, like, singed. Yeah, the... <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And they take half, which is so six. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because at least spell slots are mostly... So they try to essentially sort of turn and cover themselves, throwing their... Like leather up, their cloaks up, whatever they can do to sort of stop this. You see the leader as you shout, Don't worry, non lethal flame. <laughs> and, and he turns around and he says, What the fuck? And you see that he is, he is illuminated uh, in probably the worst way possible. He's not scruffy beard anymore. That beard's going to be gone in a few oh, moments. Yeah. yeah. It's, hair burns fast. He, of course, slash screaming and freaking out as he is engulfed in flame. Next, we have Agate. Especially if they use, like, Brillo cream. All right. I, we're going to pop up and show off the best we can by doing a, what I'm going to say is a, like, whirlwind kick. Sure. A tatsu. Yeah. To hit all three of them okay. using so flurry of blows. All right. We'll start with a uh, leader. So he's currently very on fire, so yep. watch your feet. Yep. <laughs> Short contact. Th- that's why you use, like, wool. Wool weapons? Cotton. Cotton was four. So, 12. 12 hits. Hey. <laughs> I'll take. These poor guys. Four, six? Six damage. Yeah. All right. And for our bandit friends? Yep. Number two. There we go, that's it. Trying to steal his bone. 25? Definitely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's this weird spot that's between like 21 to 23 where it doesn't hit, but 25. Like, yeah, so it's, a, it's a weird window, yeah. but you've managed to get it. Six bludgeoning. Six bludgeoning damage. Alright. And. I think that one will do as well. Um, 15 to hit. That hits, yes. And... Hey, six bludgeoning damage. That is the most damage I can do. Would you say this is lethal or non-lethal? Non-lethal. Okay. 
So you or whatever Ken says as he does a top tatsu as you whirl in the air and smack from left to right our uh, our leader friend who takes a heavy blow to the face, which is I mean not ideal because he's already on fire. Yeah, it's it's kind of rough. And you anyway. clean smack the bandits hiding in the underbrush nearby, unconscious. Damn, Alex. Double kill. Keep them there. <laughs> and they clatter. On top of each other, as you hear like crossbow, you know, twang? yeah, twang and, and arrows snap as they like fall into the under. <laughs> well, it would takes a little while to start, but yeah, it, it'll happen. A little bit strange. All right, that's a good point. Yeah. Then is our but friend's if turn. Like, it? If it's cut, then it takes a little while. Yeah. I'm trying to think if those are usually like greased. That's or yeah, that's waxed. Yeah, maybe waxed. Our. Uh, our leader, mm-hmm. wild-eyed, <laughs> burning, enraged, he writes himself from your sort of powerful kick to the face, and he rushes forward and tries to tackle you. Oh, let's go! Let's go! So he is going to roll uh, athletics. I will counter with athletics. Bless his attack rolls or saving throws. Okay. You know, plus three to whatever this is. Thirteen. Yeah, because it's not. Amazing. It's not yeah. like guidance. It does whatever guidance does. It doesn't do. So you very handily sort of. How do you sort of deflect him? So he's like charging with hands out. Yes, like trying to catch you so that he can share his fiery embrace mm-hmm. with you. I do just the classic like hand from down to up to kind of bat the arms to the side and then side step and just let him use his motion to move. Yeah, past. he. Um, yeah, his momentum. follows yeah, his yeah. momentum and falls to the ground, tripping and uh, and finding himself still burning, mm. by the way. As you do. He is going to make a dexterity save, mm. realizing that he has not made purchase with you. All right. And so, he is going to... Let's see. Yeah, well, that's fair. Okay. All right. Ooh. As he continues to burn and smoke on the uh, on the uh, forest, I mean the uh, the plains. Okay. Oh, if I summon thunder, these gentlemen unconscious. Thunder plains. This one unconscious. This one again. You can there. still hear him thrashing behind the wagon. Oh, now I, I, I point out that I the he quit moving. That's right. He did. Mm. He did quit moving. He's our unfortunate (laughs) pile of ash. (laughs) You still hear um, from inside the wagon, like, you don't hear any um, of the asking for mercy anymore. It's gone dead quiet inside there. So, this is your Craig, by the way. (laughs) With the bodies of these bandits sort of lying about. That's Craig. Either unconscious or dead. And the leader, with his scraggly beard and incredibly red cloak, um, still thrashing about, you have pretty much handled the situation. So, uh, you have currently um, a flaming uh, survivor. What will you do with him? Well, I take off his... Put him out. His, his red coat. I relieve his him cloak, of his... Of the cloak. Which is on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, like, just shaking it out. Just okay, adding more oxygen to it. Okay, it, it, it continues to be on fire. Well, he Sun doesn't burst, deserve it anyways. Back burst. Uh, I'm going to make sure two and three are properly put out. 
just to make sure they don't burn anymore. Okay, yeah. Extinguish. Yeah. Roll so they are, over. again, very badly burned, but they are unconscious. Cool. Okay. So, uh, what's left is our, our leader friend here. He is now, like, the flames have been mostly extinguished now that you've sort of removed some of the sources, the things that had caught fire, the cloth and so on. Um, and you can see him just very quietly sort of turning and writhing and... Oh, oh. I'll, like, help him, like, sit up and get, like, behind his hands and, like, tie some ropes behind the hands. <laughs> He's been coughing up blood as he, you have to sort of wrench his arms mm-hmm. back and tie. You can see that as you are tying this, you're tying the rope, a little bit of, of his skin comes off on you, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, um, he is now bound, uh, at least at the wrists, and uh, he is immobile. So, brigands, have you seen any kobold, flying kobold, flaming breathing... Creatures on your travels on this wonderful highway that you seem to accost everyone you come across. The leader. Would you like to try that again, Galahad? The, the leader, whose beard uh, looks like um, one of those uh, iron filing puzzles, <laughs> but if all of the iron filings had fallen to a single corner, um, he is unable to lock eyes with you or really to focus on anything at all. He responds. Alright, I'll do hands on both shoulders and we'll do cure wounds. Okay. Very good. Like the druid magic initiate. Oh. Or. What's that? Seven hit points back? Seven hit points back. Alright, that's the bad one for us. So, our leader, if there is a sort of a, a flash of uh, whitish yellow lights, something sort of warm and dawn like. Uh, and you see, uh, after the flash, you see the thug still looking pretty pretty dark. You can see some, sort of look like uh, first degree burns and everything like that. But otherwise, he is in decent health. He, ver- he very quickly understands now that, like, he's been dragged from death's door and put up on a chair. Still near death's, death's door, <laughs> but not... Tell me if you hear the bells. Not open <laughs> Uh, doing better now. I suppose you'll have to excuse uh, Lucindra. She's a. Uh... It was non-lethal fire. None of them died, did they? I don't know. One? I don't know about the one. P- pointing over to the one where it's like just a corpse still on fire. I didn't say that was <laughs> like actively, fire. actively yeah, flaming. Still burning. You see, you see him. Look... That was the warning shot. She was. <laughs> you see him look over to his left at this flaming corpse. Oh, no, Byron. <laughs> You're the one who got him in this mess. He sort of looks you with, like, as much evil in his eye as he can possibly muster. He manages to sort of hold up a sort of singed finger. I think I'm, says, like, still behind him. <laughs> he manages to hold up a singed finger at, at no one in particular, just mm-hmm. as a point. And he says, He was one day for retirement. <laughs> one day! Let me guess, it's also his first day. This was his big job. How could he, how could he retire after one day? <laughs> Who knows what's in the wagon? Enough to make you maybe retire? 
Are you daft as well as a psychopath? Look, uh, let's let's move on to uh, another topic for now. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yes, yes. You've been out here for a while, I assume, yes? Ah, uh, yes, yes, we have. Do you put any credence to the rumors of kobolds in the area? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. All right, well that helps. Just here to make a little coin. Do things for my boys. Boy, how many? How many of them are still alive? I spared three. How magnanimous are you? <laughs> oh, you spared three? Like you did it all alone? All right, I spared two. You burned three, if not four, at this point. I've, I've burned everybody. Technically. Well, as long as you've admitted it. <laughs> Fine. Just take me to the jail and the hospital. No, in the other order. Take me to the hospital, a doctor, a healer of some kind, and then the jail as quickly as possible. <laughs> I think your fastest way there is probably going to be on that cart. You very, very quickly see um, uh, a um, a woman in her thirties, human woman, sort of stick her head out of the sort of the the window frame of the interior of the wagon, and she just pops her head out and very quickly says, "He's not going on my wagon. You don't have room for more cargo. You're safe. You can go on." Well, we have plenty of room for. Um, Fine, upstanding adventurers, but I think um, I think our little angry sausage there is not going to make it. <laughs> Ten gold to take him with. She gives you a critical eye. Fine, but we're all agreed that he doesn't deserve it. Yes, I totally agree. That's what you believe. Very quickly, you see uh, another face, that of a half elf, uh, a younger half elf, um, around the age of sort of young adolescence, 12, 13, pops his head just above the human woman's head in a kind of like sort of Scooby Doo fashion. <laughs> pops his head on top of her head out of the window, and he's, you see him. That was fucking awesome! <laughs> what the fuck? Wow, you guys really took care of him! Yes. We are accepting apprentices at our... <laughs> very, <laughs> very quickly, the woman forces his head back inside. Hero, hero, stop, stop. We've talked about this. The kind of hero worship is going to get you nowhere. Please excuse my son. Of course. Mm-hmm. It pays well. Hero worship? <laughs> I thought it was the other way around. They're the ones doing the paying. Ten gold pieces? No. No, one good turn serves another. Five, and we'll transport all of you to Canaria. How about that? In fact, because I am so grateful, when we arrive there, food, lodging, whatever you need, I'll I'll, I'll take care of it. Oh, much generous. Thank you. It's the least I can do. I will happily provide the five gold and start loading up. Loading and binding the... uh, singed but no longer burning individuals 
And but still burn. So this one, yeah. This one, this one, and this one. Yeah. I'll go with you inside the car. Stacked up like cordwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't know what to do with our uh, our unfortunate friend. Uh, if you got a shovel. Don't have a shovel. Shield makes a bad shovel. And we're we're only three days in. I'm not sure any of us really want to spend four days with a corpse. The boy's head, hero's head, again pops out of the, out of the wagon. The birds will get him. You don't need to pushes him. <laughs> Sokka pushes him back. At inside. that time, my raven lands on my shoulder. I kind of whisper a few things to it. We're friends to take care of it. No, that's what I'm trying to avoid. That that will it's the circle of life attract a lot more than just crows. Oh, quite wolves and other things that'll cost travelers. I'm afraid I don't have uh, any kind of digging implement or anything, a shovel of any kind. What what would you suggest we do? Well, if you're that concerned about the road, throw him off the road. I'm trying to see it. What into a ditch? Yes, that that seems cruel even for that thing. Well, uh, if there's enough stones nearby, we can make a standard little, like a... What's the proper term for it? Pyre is when you light it on fire. Cairn? Cairn. There we go. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll a cairn. A mound of... Well, it's a mound of stones built as a memorial or landmark. Hmm. So it's close. close. But you're uh, yeah. covering it's the entire similar. body with yeah. it as well. Doing, yeah. Google that real quick. Stone grid. She very quickly gets out uh, uh, this, this this young woman, uh, Hero's mother, um, gets out of the wagon, closes it up, very sternly, no, Hero, you stay here. Do you understand? Fine. Wait. I have mold earth. She gets out and she's, <laughs> she gets out and she goes to um, a nearby sort of yes. like small ditch to sort of gather stones. Mm-hmm. She hit what? Sorry, I. The fight made me forget. One moment, please. Kind of clap the hands together, and you just kind of watch as the earth itself kind of bubbles, starts to look like quicksand, and pulls itself out, creating a nice five-by-five-foot hole, nice five feet deep, and we will push this guy into it before moving it back over. A very light fump, almost like throwing a breadstick (laughs) down a hallway. A garden... garden... uh, What's the restaurant? Olive Garden. Olive Garden, Garden Breadstick. Yeah, very, very, very much so. And you maneuver the earth, close that back up. Very quickly, uh, Hero's mother sort of drops the stones at her feet. Well, that's certainly easier and less time consuming. I'll take a couple of the stones just to kind of mark it. But about it. Yeah, is that going to hold under the under wagon wheels and that sort of thing? Horse hooves? I make sure to do this off, off the main road. Yeah. Okay. She sees that. Well, good riddance. Is your wagon yeah. all right? Well, unfortunately, one of the wheels is is destroyed. I'm going to have to take. I do have a spare. I just haven't had an opportunity to replace it. But with this, um, this uh, a costing of brigands. Yes, a costing is an excellent word for it. If you'll give me. But 20 minutes, I should be able to replace this wheel, and we should be on our way to Canaria. Well, we can help with that if you need any assistance. Oh, 
Oh, only if you insist. I, I don't want to uh, put any more burden on you than no, I already I'm have. I'm always happy to help. Lucinda, you wouldn't happen to be one of those mending mages, would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Points at a nearby flaming corpse. What do you think? Does that mending to you? You never know. Fire can cauterize. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you over-cauterize mm-hmm. something, you in fact mm-hmm. burn it. <laughs> so, um... Cauterize an arm off. So, with the, a lot of you's help, um, the wagon wheel is quickly replaced, um... The excess, the, the wood of the old um, wagon wheel is discarded to sort of slowly rot and, and return to the earth. Uh, it is latched on, hammered on, tightened, and everything is good to go. Um, and with a little bit of testing, as you move the horses just slightly, you find that the wagon is just as, as smooth sailing as you would expect. Very and welcome. both uh, Hero's mother, uh, at Ch- she stands up, having finished the wheel, extends her hand to the lot of you. Uh, I'm sorry, my apologies. I'm Sokka. I'm Lucindria. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you again for your help. Now, please, if you'll you'll take your seats inside uh, the wagon, my my son and I will uh, attend to the driving. Of course. We should be be there within a matter of hours. So, you hear Sokka and... She very quietly, under her breath, issues a few sort of critical parental comments at Hero <laughs> as he goes around the other side and is standing up inside the driver's hitch. I just wish you could do this again, I swear. I can't believe that you even. Those people were, those people were on fire, they were suffering. Can I get a sleight of hand? To do what? Pass a business card. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. You will have disadvantage because he's very close to his mother right now. Mm-hmm. Physically. <laughs> Proximity. Or I guess I might, I might also just leave it in the uh, in the thing. But that's a, an eight. So it's probably like a very obvious of me like... Uh, so Hero, thinking that he is a master of spycraft, very quickly he puts, he puts his hand up along his cheek, trying to obscure oh. Sokka's sight. Oh, yeah, let <laughs> Unblinkingly, Sokka looks at Hero, watches him take the card from a hand that's popped out of the... of, of a familiar hand that's popped out of the wagon. You throw that away. Mom! You throw that away right now. And the wagon rumbles along and heads down the trade route path. Get seated, take some time to meditate, try to sneak in a short rest, get my key back. Yeah, you can get a short rest out. Yeah, absolutely. Cover that key. It's about three hours of travel, but eventually... Well, let's see. You're in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. so it's actually uh, early evening. It's it's sort of the other half of the day, really, before you arrive in, in Canaria. Luckily... The path is smooth. You don't encounter any additional bandits or any of these flying kobolds that you heard so much about. You do, however, arrive in Canaria across some uh, sort of a cobblestone path that leads into a compact village surrounded by a wall made of fortified logs. Now you can see that you are approaching what looks like a gate. It looks like in, in the distance, given the sort of 
size of Canaria, you can see there's an eastern and western gate. Judging from where you were coming from, looks like the eastern gate that you're approaching. Um, they're closed at the moment, but uh, the the wagon comes up. Uh, Saka very quickly sort of pulls the reins and, and stops the cart and calls out in a series of sort of strangely pitched whistles. One tone and then another and then another. Um, and very very quickly after that, there is another series of tones. One, two, three. She responds. And then the gate very slowly opens into a into a lightly lit, uh, at least sort of a twilight kind of lit. Uh, there's the occasional sort of lamp post, you know, or like like torch in a in a in a metal cage sort of burning to provide a little bit of light uh, of this uh, this uh, small village torch post and she again it hits the reins the wagon trails on in and she sort of leans over the driver's side and calls back into the wagon listen um if if you want to get to uh to your rest right away then you're going to want to head to uh the sapphire spoon uh, it's the, uh, the tavern and inn here in here in, in Canaria. Again, don't worry. I will take care of food and lodging for you. Um, but you may also want to check in uh, with. Oh, excuse me. The constable, at least. You may want to check in with uh, the local guard. Um, and you may also want to see my brother as well. Uh, I, I have a brother who, who lives here uh, in in the village. He runs a metalworks. Uh, I'm sure that if he heard how much you helped me and my son, um, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to, to compensate you in some way. Do you need another hammer? <laughs> he, he makes all manner of things. Uh, weapons, armor. Uh, his wife makes jewelry as well. It's a, it is a, quite a, an interesting place. Uh, they've got a lot of different goods. They're just as talented as the other. Each, uh, it's actually remarkable the two um, great craftsmen were able to sort of, well, a perfect pair. One, one to be perfectly suited to each other, and also to stand each other's presence, <laughs> given the competition that you see in craftspeople. Mm. Um, anyway, we're we're coming up on the uh, the sapphire spoon now, so I'll just hitch the wagon. Uh, I'll uh, come in with you and make sure that you're settled, and then I'll I'll uh, make my way uh, back to my home. Eh? Mm. Hero, stay here. <laughs> Start moving the bandits as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> drop off these baggage. All right, out you go. Oh, 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 oh. Um, perhaps. Um, Before the end. Yes, perhaps we shouldn't bring it in. That will cause a bit of a stir. Um, uh, let's let's head to the guard. Let's head to the uh, the chief guardsman, and she heads in a direction of a sort of a um, a what looks like a cross between a thatch hut and a guard's house, essentially. Um, Heading towards that area, she sort of knocks lightly uh, on the sort of the the wooden uh, makeshift, the kind of flimsy wooden door. And very quickly uh, you see a gentleman approach. He opens the door. He has a kind of a groggy, kind of vaguely irritated look. Um... 
see your brother. <laughs> he has he has long brown hair and what looks like a, a pretty thick mustache. Um, it's, it's long and a kind of like a Civil War sort of style mm-hmm. that drapes o- over his um, his chin. Um, and he, what is it now? Dropping off. What? So- Sokka, what are you doing here? Who, who are these people? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I, I hate to bother you at this at this hour, Hamath, but I, um, these adventurers they they helped me um, in a um, well, a bit of a dangerous situation. The, the hero and I found ourselves in on the way here. Quite hot situation. And um, well, they have um, uh, pr- pris- prisoners for you. Criminals, yes. Yes. Very quickly, you see, sort of, Hamath kind of lean out and study the the but the forms that you've brought. Are they still alive? Yes. They'll recover. No, they won't. <laughs> well, not completely. Uh, not without healing. Uh, not not, uh, not the uh, mind won't. <laughs> God's alive. Uh, uh, all right, bring him in. I'll take care of him. Just send him over there into the, into the cell. <laughs> Do like the fireman's carry. <laughs> Weekends in burning one of them. And so Hamath just sort of stands off to the side. You can see that he's like, he's not even sort of in his guard's garb. He's kind of in like a, it looks I like am. a long john and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some sort of thermal uh, uh, wear. <laughs> and he's sort of watching off to the side as a lot of you stack these these forms up unconscious in sort of the corner of the guard's guard's hut. Uh, thanks, I guess. Uh, well, you know, in all seriousness, thank you for helping Sokka. We, we, uh, we greatly appreciate both uh, her time, her trade, her company. Uh, Our pleasure. Yes, of course. We've now, uh, if you could, uh, you know, get the hell out of here. I'm trying to sleep. We can come back in the morning to talk. <laughs> you take care, Sokka. Very quickly, hot door slams. Well, that that went better than I was expecting. He seems nice. He um. He isn't. Mm. But he's a good man. I see. Well then, um, food and uh, and a bed. How about that? Right. Follow me, please. And she makes her way. Back to the Sapphire Spoon, which you can see in this relatively small village. It is a three-story tall building. Largest building, it looks like, in the village. Uh, With a kind of a a sort of a a German sort of black forest kind of architectural vibe with sort of these nice pointed areas and these sort of Baroque windows and things. Um, She heads inside, and there is some activity in here... Um, not nearly anything that you've seen in, say, Preludes Taverns or any of the other sort of bigger uh, uh, settlements of the kingdom. There are a handful of people there. They're drinking cider or ale. Either they've gotten off of some late shift or they have, or they're drinking their troubles away or their boredom, perhaps. So she makes her way, Saka, leads you very quickly to the counter, and you can see that there is a elderly halfling um, behind the counter, and she very quickly 
spies Sokka through some weathered eyes and says, Hello, dearie. Uh, who are your friends there? Oh, uh... Big smile. <laughs> Carling, these, these are, um... These are, um... Well, this is uh, uh, Lucindra, mm-hmm. um, Galahad, and, and Ag- Agate? Ag- Agate. Agate, yes, Agate, I'm sorry. Um... They uh, they helped me out with some trouble on the on the trade route earlier today. Um, they they will be given on on my tab um, a fine meal and a finer room, if you please. And she very quickly sort of smiles and grins and nods. Very good, very good. Well, anyone who helps my dear Saka is welcome here at any time. Now, what are you looking for in terms of your supper? We have a number of interesting items uh, for sale, and uh, I'm sure that you'll find each one of them delectable. The chef's specialty. Which one? <laughs> he does a sort of a light wink. This <laughs> is squinting. It's like a cave. Have you? <laughs> I haven't seen the three of you here in Canaria. Certainly not at the our old spoon here. Our menu, you see, we we have a, a, a wizard of a cook. <laughs> Well, not literally a wizard. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, we have a, a wizard of a cook, and uh, and he changes our menu regularly, seasonally, in fact. Uh, would you like to hear the specials uh, for this fall? Of course. Why not? Well, we have here the mountain grass garden salad. Pepper. We have hot pepper stew. Ooh, and our, our well-known favorite around these parts, buttered dire goat steak. Hot pepper stew? Hot pepper stew it is. Very good. And, and, and you, sir? I almost want each of us to try everything, so... Do I want the salad, then? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my, well, my boy... My boy, you certainly look like a healthy individual. I don't think you necessarily need to, to watch your figure. <laughs> I'll take the steak. The steak, very good. I think you'll enjoy it very much. And for the lady? I'll, I'll take the salad. Very good. I will have that out as soon as possible. Now, you three, you make yourselves comfortable and uh, enjoy the ambiance of the spoon. Hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have that out in the jiffy. And she sort of hops off what is clearly a stool that she's been standing on and sort of waddles back into the kitchen. Now, that's... um. That's Mother Carlene. She's uh, she uh, runs the Sapphire Spoon here. Both the tavern and the inside. She's um, she's a wise woman with uh, uh, wickedly good at math. Mm. Strangely enough, um, but sure she that is helps uh, in the business. Oh yes, yes. She's uh, keep your she's kept this place up right. and running uh, even during these harder times when the uh, trade has slowed down. She's been here longer than I've been alive. I think. Um, but yeah, she's lovely. So if you need anything, you just ask her. I'm sure she'd be happy to help. Well, um, I don't want to leave um, Hero uh, out in the wagon for too long by himself. <laughs> he gets um, antsy, you understand. Um, well, um, th- again, she sort of reaches out her hand and clasps each of you. Thank you again for your help. Um, if there's anything I can do, or my brother Sid, if you'll... If you'll 
check out with him. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see, mm -hmm. see the building, mm -hmm. uh, the Red Wings Metalworks. Um, you'll find, uh, it's the only area in the building with a, a constant black smoke sort of trailing out of the top of it. Uh, if you'll head by there, I'm, I'm sure that he'd be glad to extend his gratitude as well. Well, um... One final question oh, before uh, you Yes, go. yes. Uh, you mentioned the difficult times for travel and trade. That's right. Uh, do you put any stock in these world rumors of kobolds? I have heard um, some tales. Um, and she, like, gestures for the lot of you to sort of sit at a nearby yeah. table. Mm -hmm. she, she rests, you know, Have her take a seat, yeah. Uh, um, this business with the trade route and these kobolds, at least that's what the, the people say, um, started about four weeks ago. Um, it was on this, on this side, the side that we traveled down, um, these, um, the caravans at least, not the individual wagons so much, but the caravans themselves, the, the, the more populated, the, the longer traveling merchants, um, they were attacked by things that they described as kobolds, but again, uh, who's ever heard of a kobold that could fly or, or, or breathe fire like a dragon? Uh, it sounds ridiculous. Um, now, that having been said, I don't know if I necessarily believe so much that kobolds are responsible, but I did hear about a month ago, a little more than a month ago, it must have been five, six weeks now, some of the, the people here in Canaria claimed to have seen a gold dragon? How big? Oh, um, well, about as about as big as a house, I suppose. Uh, flying about uh, to the east hmm. of this village, uh, down the uh, other side of the trade route. There. Um, now, I they certainly wove a convincing tale, but uh, that is also the spot of some other sort of fanciful stories. That's largely where. The ruins of Cerulea, uh, um, where, you'll, where you'll find those. It's and, a good um, bard's tale. I've certainly seen several people come back from some expedition there, or even some dare that yeah. they had been charged with, with some strange stories, and they've all been equally implausible. Um, so I'm afraid I. I honestly don't know what to expect. Can I roll a history check to see what I know about these ruins? Yeah, please do. Oh, that's pretty good. So that's a 22. Nice. Okay, so, so you know a little bit about Cerulea. It was an ancient city-state. Some uh, the, lo the exact location has been mostly lost as to where this, you know, the heart of this, this city-state was. But you know that they were somewhere in the mountains east of here, in this general sort of region of the kingdom. They were famous for uh, creating, founding a style of magic that allowed its uh, practitioners to mimic monsters' magical abilities. Mm. Well, that and the historical records, in addition to sort of expeditions and surveys that have managed to come back from the area, 
are not able to exactly pinpoint where the ruins of the great city of Cerulea itself are, but several of its outposts have been discovered and marked on maps and been written about in sort of archaeological surveys and things, including one a few miles east of this village. You're aware that that lines up with the sort of the known um, trade route. The known archaeological record, right? Um, what what Saka is saying is, is rings true. Hmm. Well, that certainly lines up with the archaeological record of where the city is, and it is known that uh, this uh, these ancient sort of ruins uh, were famous for mimicking the magical abilities of monsters. Curious. So if it could mimic yes, I, I've I've heard the abilities of a that. dragon, then the kobolds could breathe fire. I, I'm I'm sorry to say I'm not fire. as I'm not as learned. In these in these matters as you are, but um, uh, yeah, I, I've heard similar tales. What about a description? Mm. <laughs> well, it's certainly not in mine. <laughs> yes, um, I was uh, first in my class at the Mage Academy. Oh, that, well, that sounds like quite an achievement. Well, um, <laughs> the the, the be that snarky guy of yay. You should burn the rest of them. <laughs> the, the no, there was no one left to graduate. No well, class of one. <laughs> Self-taught. Can can I help you with anything Home further? School. I think that's that's more than enough. Well, again, thank you, and I'll 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 take I'll take my leave. Please enjoy yourselves and and have a good time here, given the. The dark circumstances in which we arrived. You better make sure our hero hasn't run off. Yeah, keep an eye on that kid. Well, well, um, I don't mean to be rude, but I don't think that will be of any thanks to you. He's always welcome. Definitely not. Gala. If he needs no. to, no, burn off some not. energy. He is absolutely not welcome. And if you continue on insisting, I will insist that you stay away from my son. <laughs> Thank you and good night. And very quickly, she she. Leaves, pulls the chair back, and exits the sapphire spot. You really don't know how to talk to the ladies, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> Correct. Eight <laughs> charisma. It's not the, the the girl I was trying to talk to. Just at this point, like sitting back and waiting for that stew to arrive. Very soon after, um, your. Uh, uh, Mother, um, Mother Carlene herself comes back with, in a kind of a serving style, th- three plates and or bowls, sort of on one arm, with a considerable amount of strength given her age. Uh, passes out to each of you your foods. First, the hot pepper stew, a hearty red-looking stew, chicken, savory peppers, and hot peppers, and it comes with a complimentary black pepper bun. Uh, Galahad, you receive a cube of butter slowly melting on a flank steak of dire goat on a bed of root vegetable mash. And uh, Lucindra, choppy vegetables, chopped vegetables and leafy greens enhanced with the sweet and sour flavors of mountain grass. Mm. I look mildly jealous at both other two dishes. I wish I could have gotten some of everything. I have to ask for a platter next time. Every every place we go, it's like this with you, Galahad. It's it's not my fault. I have a a magical bag of holding for a stomach, <laughs> as opposed to a mundane bag of holding, <laughs> which is just a bag. 
So, do you take? Do you tuck in? Um, after that, I, I know I will. I'll spend at least. Oh no, an I hour. meant into the meal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, eat? Okay, yeah. very good. Yeah, we just, <laughs> well, I have. We just I have good it. news, adventurers. Mm-hmm. Agate, you for twenty-four hours have resistance to fire damage. Dope. Galahad. You, since you have enjoyed this dire goat steak, whenever a minute passes and you haven't gained temporary hit points or taken damage, you gain one temporary hit point. Or haven't taken damage. Whenever a minute passes and you haven't gained temporary hit points or taken damage, you gain one temporary hit point. These stack with one another... Ah. Up to a maximum of four plus your constitution mod. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. And that ends after twenty-four hours. Lucindra, you have advantage on dexterity checks you make to determine initiative mm. for twenty-four hours. On edge. Or, mm. with a lot of you, if you consume another meal that grants a benefit. So if you wake up in the morning and go and have dire goat steak. The effects of the hot pepper stew go away. Exactly. Sounds good. We'll take resist fire just in case. It's basically six temporary hit points. Not bad. Yeah. Not a bad setup. I like an advantage on initiative. Sounds good. Okay, so you enjoy the hearty meal. It tastes delicious. It is filling. It is clearly cooked with the love and wisdom of someone who has lived a long time. It makes it very satisfying. And well, not yours. Yours is terrible. Oh, you, you wish oh. that you'd eaten the no. The goat is stringy. Uh, yeah. The goat is still alive. The flank steak hey. wig, wiggling and. Ah. This is a little bit more blue. Can I quick use a phoenix can you, on it? <laughs> And so after that, do you? So after that, what happens? I mean, if we're looking late evening, there are. It's it's late in the evening. It's probably about nine o'clock or so. There again, there are, you know, a handful of what looks like canarians here uh, in the village. They're drinking, they're playing cards. You know, they're talking. Sort of. It's a it's a relaxed kind of lounge vibe in here, rather than the raucousness of your typical tavern. and so if you can either, you know, head straight to rest and, uh, you know, resolve yourselves tomorrow morning, uh, or you can you can speak to any of the villagers here if you want to try to gain more information about these flying kobolds that you heard so much about. Well, I'd probably um, like to play some cards with people. I'm not the charismatic one, so I'll duck in. Nobody's charismatic here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all dumped it. Big not not a full dump. <laughs> I did the intelligence dump, but that ten's got to go somewhere. I mean, I'll just like play cards and just not immediately go to bed. But so you have a ten in charisma. That's, mm-hmm. That really makes us nice because eight, nine, ten. Hey, oh. perfect scale. <laughs> okay, so in that case, um, Galahad, you sit down with a group of. Bearded individuals. Uh, looks like they're looks like uh, miners or 
like leather workers, somebody who does a rough trade. You can mm-hmm. see that from the skin of their hands and so on. Um, you sit down and play cards with them. They're welcoming. They, they are interested in you know, a new face showing up and maybe new money falling out of that new face's you know, face wallet. <laughs> um, so here's your choice. You can either make an intelligence check to try to play the game expertly, or you can make a charisma check to try to bluff them expertly. <laughs> oh, well, I guess it's an easy choice. Any skills apply? Or just intelligence hmm. versus charisma? If you can make a case for any of the intelligence or charisma skills, then I will hear it, but I don't... No, nothing springs to mind. Well, you can make a case for insight. Insight? Hmm. Insight I can buy. You know, yeah. Read your opponents. That'd be one. But, I don't, that's, not, not, but that's not charisma, is it? No, that's wisdom. Okay, so you can either, you know, so it's an intelligence check, a charisma check, or an insight check. How about that? Okay. Those are your choices. I'll try to call their bluffs. I chose the uh, bird cage. There we go. An 18. Damn. Yeah, I, I don't mind the, uh, the the band one usually on certain characters. On the on the uh, defect, that's kind of like a dead card, uh, dead relic, but because mm-hmm. it's not all too often you play six cards in a turn. This character it is. Uh... Okay, Galahad, what'd you get? 18. 18. Very good. All right. So you managed to win five gold pieces out of these suckers. Damn. They, uh, luckily... I'll buy some food for them. Yeah, they're in good spirits, and they receive your your, your benefit. They, they don't hold any grudges. Uh, they're clearly... The majority of them, it seems, at least, are happy drunks, and they find that uh, they're just glad to have a new face and some new challenge. Rather than playing with the same old duffs over and over again. Okay, so the rest of you, so you all head to bed now. Yeah, do some meditation, mm-hmm. bit of exercises beforehand. Stay sharp. Very good. Some stretching. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's in the morning. So a long rest it is. Yeah. All right. So the, the following morning, you hear the uh, the traditional. Uh, crow of a rooster, you know, at uh, five or say in the morning, you know, as the sun is rising. Um, you hear some uh, commotion downstairs. It sounds like uh, people are, are getting the, uh, the tavern in the end ready to receive uh, customers and travelers and, and so on. It sounds like the village of Canary is sort of coming back to life again. Well, shall we visit the brother or the guards? The guardsmen? I, I'm not Probably too brother sure. first. I'm not too sure the guardsmen want to see us. Well, he might have more information about... More so to ask questions, yes. If, if people have been bothered by If anybody's things. seen the dragons, I would imagine it's the ones who are supposed to be, in theory, watching. But you never know. Especially if they haven't seen something and people have. Yeah, I'd imagine there'd be more people on the road who have seen it than the guards here. They've heard the second-hand reports more, maybe. That being said, if that's the case, they can point us in the right direction. Should we split up? 
I don't see why not. I have no true need to go see Sid. Not one of, uh... Not Material one to use metal. No. We might need something like nets or something. Well, I don't think a metalsmith makes nets. Who knows what he's making in that place? A metal net might be nice. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I think that's a grate. <laughs> it's an inflexible metal net. <laughs> I guess really, then at that point, it's just a chain. It's like, so. like a patterned chain. chain. So, what's the what's the agenda for today? Like a chain mail, you could say. <coughs> so, who wants to go where? I'll head to the guards, ask around town, see if I can track down any more information on this potential gold dragon sighting. Well, I guess I'll see if there's anything that Sid might have be useful against such flying creature. A um, metal net would actually be useful against such a thing. Yes. If they made them. If only. <laughs> if only. I can commission it. It'll take about a month. <laughs> it's very tedious the getting those work. Oh my god. Because um, yeah, even like prefabbed rings are, are fun to work with. Is there like a place where travelers tend to hang out in this? Took like a it would be here. Taking you just to yeah. sleep. So I, yeah. I think I'll hang around here. It's about try to three weeks. I people. think I got like a full okay. meal, but I was doing that. Ask like about four hours a day. Flame kobolds and dragon. Sure. So you will stay at the Sapphire Spoon and sort of chat amongst the people as they arrive in sort of the common room, the tavern room, and so on. You are going to head to the Red Wings Metalworks to check out. Uh, uh, Sokka's brother Sid and see if he can offer you anything that would help. And Agate, are you just sort of like roaming around town trying to... Head into the guards first. Okay, to, yeah. To see if they can point me in a good direction or if they actually saw anything. Okay, so Agate, we'll start with you. So you head back out to the oh, sort of... Two clusters. You head back out there to the guards' hut. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, the door is closed. You lightly rap on it, and again, um, the figure of Hamath uh, shows up again. He looks considerably more awake now, um, and he is clearly wearing his traditional sort of leathers. He's got a sword strapped to his side. It's clear that it's now business time, mm. and you have not caught him unawares. Mm. Sorry for oh, the, it's uh, you again. Sorry for the uh, rude greeting last Right, time. right. Uh, I, I understand it was necessary. I was just... I was having an excellent dream, and it was interrupted. Anyway, what, what can I do for you? We've come to this area on a mission to attempt to clean up trade in the area. Well, congratulations, you did it. Well, maybe, maybe not. We've heard rumors of, apparently... Flying kobolds that can breathe fire. There are rumors of a gold dragon in the area. We have to at least look into these things. But if there's nothing to find, then I think you're right. Mission accomplished. All right. Have you heard of any of these kobolds or gold dragons? I've heard these stories... um, I don't know what to make of them. Heads or tails, I... 
These people come in, scared out of their minds, claiming that they've been attacked by flying kobolds. A ridiculous fucking notion. I agreed. Are they... Are they in shock? Did they see something that they aren't able to process? Was it actually a dragon, but a really small one that looked like a... I don't, I don't know. Who, God, only the gods themselves No, I put money on illusions. Well, either way, the, the frequency of these sightings and these attacks has happened quite regularly and with quite high severity... Uh, west of town, there on the opposite side, mm-hmm. closer to the uh, the mountainous area, and the um, well, people say it used to be Cerulea, but no, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, people say that whatever sort of vaguely spooky part of land near <laughs> their village that's in desperate need of some tourist blood is suddenly the long-lost ruins of, of, of Cerulea, blah, 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 you know. Of course. People looking to uh, convince people to head that way for a quick bit of tourism. Of course. You know, look, if you, if you want to head down there and take a look and figure things out, more power to you. What We'd, we'd be glad... To see that somebody's on the job and somebody capable, um, but as far as concrete evidence, they didn't give me any, so I don't have any to pass on to you. Was there anybody who has survived one of these events or oh, seen one of these gold dragons in town? They've since moved on. Yeah, oh. they didn't stay here long. They looked plenty spooked, and they got out of here as soon as they could. As soon as they were patched up and they were moving about, they got in what were left, what was left of their wagon or their caravan, and they got the heck out of Canaria. I feel like there's not much else to ask at this point. I think we're simply going to meander over, see what true horrors lie over there, and find our way back. Sorry, horrors. Horrors. Oh. Sorry, got a little excited there. Still um, thinking about that dream? Well, you have a good day now, yeah? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Turn and leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Galahad, you arrive at the um, the sort of small, squat uh, building with a very clear sort of blacksmithing, metalworking style, open air um, workshop, if you will, yeah, with a sort of a hanging canopy there uh, with some discreetly cut holes to sort of let sort of various smokes and sparks sort of move through. Uh, Sure enough, there's a thick black column of smoke twisting out of the nearby chimney attached to sort of the proper storefront side of this this building, uh, twisting into the air. And you see, um, outside, there is a, a male human, kind of, uh, kind of on the short side, probably about five seven, five eight or so. <coughs> um, kind of a, a rotund figure with a, a leather apron on, and is very obviously sort of hammering and and uh, straightening what looks like a very hot piece of metal into what you probably guess is maybe a short sword, given the sort of size and the width of it. You can see that he has these sort of giant goggles on that are massive leather and massive sort of almost um, sort of... If they had Coke 
in this world. They would be the size of the bottles that mm. they come in. Mm. Um, and he is hard at work. Clink, clink, clink. If he gets to a point where he does the, the classic, like, not like tempering, but you know where they put. Yeah, he the... sets he sets his hammer aside and plunges the sword into some very cold water in a in a sort of a a large bucket off to the side. Are you Sid? Hey. He sort of peers at you through his goggles. Who's asking? Galahad. I uh, recently ran into your sister on the road. He very he sets the sword aside off onto sort of a, a nearby stump and flips his goggles up and you can see sort of some piercing green eyes looking out at you from a full huge red beard, uh, almost sort of dwarven in its in its magnificence. Mm-hmm. As he looks at you Saka? Yeah. What and about inner child uh, hero? Oh, they were just Encountering some unfriendly folk on the road. We help them pass along. Move what on. kind of folk? Uh, uh, the brigands. Bandits, you mean? Yes. Come on, boy. Just get to the point. Tell me. Tell it to me straight. Is she okay? She's fine. Oh, they're they're good, both good, fine. good, 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 good. Actually, she actually showed us a great end and had a wonderful meal prepared for us. Well... Or at least the innkeeper. Old Spoon, yes. Uh, Carlene is certainly good at her business. Yes. So, uh, so, I'm sorry, what, what's, what's your name, young man? Galahad. Galahad, yes. Well, I will, and he sort of takes off a leather glove. Uh, I'm Sid. Nice to meet you. Uh, so, uh, how can I help you? You said well, you knew Sokka, is that, is that right? We've She's never her. mentioned you before. We've just met her. We, we came upon her on the road. Did you? We ask her for money. You didn't hurt her or anything, did you? I'm no. confused. No. Okay, no. Well, start over at the beginning. No. We're just here because it seems you are a blacksmith, and we've been commissioned to oh, find oh, oh, some oh, oh, flying... Hey, 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 hey. No. Metal worker. No. <clears throat> that is a common misconception. I am not a blacksmith. I mean, obviously, I'm doing blacksmithing right now, but I am merely a novice in that respect. I am, in fact, a jewelry maker. It is my wife, Sydney, who is the blacksmith. So you're more the silver or goldsmith. Indeed. Uh, and all manner of jewels and so on and so forth. Anything that you might require in the terms of a fine accessory, I am responsible for it. Now... Today, uh, as a part of a uh, introduction, half, half training exercise, half challenge, mm. uh, uh, Sydney and I have sort of swapped jobs for the day to see uh, how we fare in each respect. As you can see, and he sort of takes the sword out. It's you can see that it's very clearly sort of warped slightly and curled at the end. Uh, I still have quite a lot to learn. The journey. Is part of the experience. Sure. Sure. <laughs> we're, we're commissioned to investigate some flying creatures nearby. I, I was wondering if you have anything that might help with that kind of problem. Either you or your wife. I, like a, a flying machine? I don't... Flying machine, flying animal, go Like a bird? 
A little bit bigger in size. Come, you're confusing lad. Get to the point. Flying kobolds, if you can believe that. You're not one of those crazy folks, are you? We're paid to figure that out, if we're the crazy. Oh, I see. One of the bigwigs from out of town asked you to come by and and show pity on us poor poor canarians. I see, I see, I see. Galahad, are we the crazy ones? (laughs) We're paid to be crazy. And you need to see if there's flying things. And if I'm if I'm following you correctly, you you uh, you said that you helped Sokka in some way. Is that right? Yes, there were four or five brigands. Good lord! Trying to rob her of her valuables. Well, that won't do. That won't do at all. No. If you'd like to meet them, there. Okay, four of them are in the jail with the uh, guard. Ah, I think I'll pass. I tell you what. Why don't you come in here? I'll introduce you to my wife, and we'll see if we can fix you up with something. Hmm? And he uh, sort of takes his other glove off and sets those two thick leather gloves aside and uh, gently escorts you inside the the business side of the metalworks. And you see that inside the shop is full of mundane but finely crafted examples of their work. You can see... uh, all manner of sort of bracelets and necklaces and rings and so on on one side, and on the other side you can see uh, common weapons, uh, maces and long swords and, and and sickles and all manner of sort of common sort of weapons and armor available, all good looking, all polished to a sheen. Um, and you see behind the counter a half dwarven woman. Uh, presumably the Sydney that Sid spoke of, his wife. So he uh, he walks you inside and uh, I'll take a look around here, lad. If there's anything you like, uh, please uh, let uh, let the missus know, and I'm sure she can take care of it. Hey, Sid, we got a customer. She looks up. I can see that, Sid. So, uh, That's what Sid said. how can I help you? Are you slacking off again? <laughs> Go out there and get at least one, I'll say not carved sword, out here um, and get it done. You could try for like a scimitar where it's intentionally curved. I might do that. I, I might try that. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna work on it. What, what did you say? Say what it was is it? It? Scimitar? scimitar or whatever. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do one of those. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be back in a jiff. You. You wait and see. He very quickly leaves. Or what is it? The one wig where it's just going back and forth constantly. Oh, that like Chris knife, like the flame birds, or oh, that that man. Anyway, sir, what can I do for you? Uh, do you have any tools or weapons that might help with, like, flying creatures? Flame bladed sword, like an ar- <laughs> like a giant eagle, uh, like a young dragon, flying kobold. She very quickly sort of, sort of like slowly pans around the room, left, right. Javelins. <laughs> I'm afraid we're out nets. of stock on those. Javelins and hand axes might work. Sure, we've got plenty of those, but I'm afraid we don't have any flying kobolds or dragons in stock. Unless I'm misunderstanding you. To hunt. I see. Such so you're creatures. after them, are you? Yes. Okay. Well, we have all manner of weapons and armor available for you. And, uh... Wait, wait a minute. 
I heard about this this morning. You're one of the lot that helped Saka out with the trouble on the train route, is that right? She I'm would, one of them. She was gushing to me early this morning about how grateful she was <laughs> that the three of you arrived when you did. She might have been complaining about me, though. There, there was a fair amount of complaining, yes. Hiro, I, I, I'm sorry for the trouble. Hero was quite enthusiastic, I do remember, so there must be some kind of disagreement. I just back. wanted to inspire the boy. Watch as the foot is slowly inserted yeah. into the mouth. <laughs> you deserve a reward for helping out our kin. Yeah, let me, uh, I'll just be right back. And she walks up out in, 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 into a back room through a sort of a, a thick sort of chainmail curtain. <laughs> Instead of like beads, it's <laughs> And she returns um, with a sort of a long tray and places it on the, the countertop. And you can see amongst them there are... There's one item... And there are five what look like sketches, like pieces of paper onto which some kind of... Not quite a schematic, but not quite a simple drawing either. Something sort of straddling the line between the two. A little bit more two. like a diagram. Yeah, like a diagram, if you will. Like a, a the prototype slightly diagram. more detailed sketch. Right? You can see a white gold bangle on the end. And then the other sketches are that of a set of studded leather. A set of chain mail, um, a glaive, a rapier, and a longbow. These are some of our finest items uh, that I have put work into, and my husband as well. It's my um, friend. These are, uh, well, these are crystal keep items. Are you familiar with crystal keep? History. Only 11, so. Probably, maybe You've not. heard of it before, it's but you like, don't know what that... That's just a, a buzzword to you. That, yeah. You don't know what exactly. Well, crystal keep uh, weapons, armor, accessories, that sort of thing. They are... They are specially designed to take advantage of crystallia, the magic gemstones I've heard. Sure, you've heard of those. Each of those, when you slot them into crystal keep accessories... Weapons, items, whatever they may be, they are infused with the power of the Castalia. And you can use them to, uh, to great effect, uh, apart from, say, a normal blade or a normal piece of armor. It'll do you wonders. And these, I have, I can part with three of them one for you and one for the rest of your. There were three of you, is that right? There. Yes. One for each of you, uh, you and your companions, and um, don't take take your pick. I have one of each, obviously. They take a bit of time to craft and make sure that they can hone the arcane energies. Understandable. So, what can I interest you in? We got a glaive, a longbow. Yes, yeah, so you can see there. We've got uh, we've got a nice glaive, uh, finely balanced. Uh, let's this is see. Kind of cool. The rapier there, a longbow. Oh, like now, obviously, the longbow itself is the crystal keep, but whatever's fired through the, the longbow uh, it takes apart the magical charge. Uh, we've got a, a set of the studded leather and chainmail available. And, and, of course, the uh, 
the bangle here, I don't know how much of a jewellery fan you are, but this too is Crystal Keep as well. It's not merely a bauble. <laughs> Do you wear light armor? No. 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 We're going to fight over that bauble. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that is literally the only thing either of us can use. I need to double check if I can use a bow, actually. Uh, Monk, don't think so. I mean, yeah, he's he's climbing all over things. I mean, unless you took a feat that allows you to, I'm pretty sure you can't. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. It, it wouldn't count as a monk weapon. Oh, definitely not. Because mm. yeah, even with like the remod where you can get like five proficiencies, it still has like the two-handed property thing. Yep. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be as worried <laughs> with that. It's more so... Can I gain proficiency? Simple weapons and short swords. Yeah, no. Yeah, because at least the, the revision of the classes could, but yeah. it no, just wouldn't be cla- classified as long question. Mm. <laughs> so you need to wield both a glaive and a rapier at the same <laughs> time. <laughs> or actually, you can take the armor and the weapon. I could. Yeah. That's true, yeah. I could. I've got key points. I have a magic one, right? <laughs> so studded leather's 13 plus decks. Studded leather? Yeah. It's 12. 12. 12. 12. 12. Right. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, that's... Because <clears throat> you have to have mage armor to get 13. Yeah. Huh. Good stuff, though. I mean, if they had a longsword, that would, that would be fine, but they don't. So, uh, Sydney is still sort of like patiently waiting for you to make your selection. I know the bangle. I uh, probably the glaive. I can probably take the glaive. I I don't know what would fit. Well, they, they would probably be fighting over the jewelry. To be honest. Well, no. If you're not sure about your companions, you can certainly take them back with you, and they can make their own May, decisions. Make their own decisions. That, of that's then I won't be the messenger who's shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. You're a, a, a wee bit wiser than my uh, my husband there. Very frequently ferries information from me to, say, an um, important recipient, a merchant perhaps, and gets it not exactly right. <laughs> so uh, you're looking for the bangle, certainly. Yes? yes, certainly. Very good. And she sort of hands that over to you. That will be yours. And uh, we'll have your companions come back and... Uh, things out yes and we're open all day today we've got a lot of work to do so you're welcome to come back anytime now i wear the bangle exactly exactly (laughs) yeah she gave me one magic item that's really cool that's great no hold on to it guys she said something about never coming back there again Mm -hmm. or i wear also like the chainmail and the glaive and it's just like and a bangle and a bangle bangle. i mean they were having a sale fair How you doing, guys? She sort of she sort of gestures at you. Now I don't know what your financial situation is like, but if you're looking for anything else uh, of a um, a magical variety, uh, I can sell it to you for a decent price. We might not have all the funds, as we're only given a slight upfront. That's understandable. They don't but want to they don't want to send along a bank to. Especially if it's only rumors. Don't want to send the bank to do a coin's job. <laughs> but I'll, I'll 
give them the the offers that you have put forth, and we'll be back hopefully soon. Very good. We'll see you soon. Oh, exciting! Because okay. uh, I heard licking. It was like, oh, well, that is the yeah, okay. Uh, let's let's stop there. We have a whole another half of this. Yep. What I I'm suggesting, um, since we haven't gotten to the keep of the Cobalt Queen yet, but you're very you're about to. You'll learn some more information here and move on. Um, I need to get this some survey feedback and everything mm-hmm. um, to Benjamin before the end of the month. Well, around the end of the month, right? Okay. Um, and so what I'd like to do is if. All of you, since there are only the three of you. Francis, come on. Francis! What is it? He's trying to eat his own poop back here. Oh, do I need to clean that up? Clean it up. There's no need for you to do it, Lance. I'll do it. I'm used to (laughs) it. You don't live here. And he takes your spot. He took your spot, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, what, what I'm suggesting is mm. if the three of you are available last, this... Like I know this is kind of displacing, outside, but so. if three of you are available this coming Francis Tuesday... Crazy, yeah, we can check in with G. Yeah, why not? Well, let's yeah. just like finish this up so that even if G is not available, we can just keep going, wrap, wrap this up and okay. that'll be well before the the month end date so that when the survey comes around I can give some more concrete information about the the, the whole, whole thing. thing. Yeah. Now he said that even if I had just read the the playtest and not um, delivered in its entirety, you know, actually playtested it, mm-hmm. that would have still would have given some some idea. Some good feedback, yeah. right? But I'm hoping to sort of f- at least get a full playthrough of it. Okay. Yeah. So if that's okay with you guys then I mean uh, that obviously um, get us an extra week. Gives you an extra week, right? Yeah. Um, but if you guys are available Tuesday night, then let's just go ahead and, and wrap this up. I don't know. You'd be the one there. Well, I think Greg will still be fine this week, but that's only me because he's having heart surgery, and so Ooh. he might be wow. in Indy for about like a month. Yeah. Just getting like a like a, it's a more advanced yeah. uh, pacemaker put in. I see. Yeah. Okay. The I'm sure the recovery on that is yeah. they keep when, you for probably a couple when of weeks. When would you know? Well, I'll, I mean, I can always try to shoot Greg a message. <laughs> I always try to shoot Greg. Just yeah, shoot Greg. <laughs> That's what he needs to face with. You're always trying to Well, will you, will you let us know and see so that we can sort of try to iron this out? Because I want to mm-hmm. get it taken care of before January is over so that we can get a full yeah, get experience, right? Well, okay, well, even if it doesn't happen, so what did you think so far about the adventure? Now, now try mm-hmm. to separate, I know... When we're, when you do were, the impossible. When we're doing playtesting and adventure, I, I know it's very difficult to try to separate, like our, the mechanical, the numbers of it, and everything from the like the interpretation that a DM sort of provides, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can, just provide some feedback about like, you know, the basic structure of the adventure, the the monsters and enemies you know that you fought and everything like that the quest kind of design rather than like how how, how good you know the guy the number died. Oh well you know or like you know yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. i mean the experiential stuff is different <laughs> from like the nuts and bolts right because yeah. that's that's really what's going to be very helpful right is the the nuts and bolts stuff like is this an original enough like 
uh, a sort of plot thread? Or, uh, does it hew enough to JRPG tropes, or does it embrace them too fully? <laughs> like you know, like just if you if you can, just give some feedback about okay. how you felt about that. Trying to dig back into JRPG days. Mm, yes. I mean, I definitely like the overall structure of it. They've got that mm. nice setup of helping somebody on the road yeah. to get an in with the town. Mm-hmm. So you have that more focused experience instead of, you have reached the second town, what do you do? Yeah. Right. Go to the um, shop and then forget to stock up on I imagine the yep. crystal keep items is going to be something special for this, so... Yeah, the, the the Crystallia and the Crystal Keep thing are like a key part of this JRPG document experience. So like that so, would be something that all everybody. So can... having his sister be the one you saved on the road is a really good end to that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, Sokka so having Sid's brother. Like and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an easy way to like sort of introduce that kind of stuff in an organic way. Mm. And you guys are going to get a chance to later. Um, well, I won't say 100%, but you'll very likely get a chance to like actually utilize these crystal keep accessories by then slotting in Stuff. Crystallia so you can see how Depending it works. Depending on which one of us kills Gets the away. one for the bagel. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there may be a brutal I mean, murder. I mean, if I start off with as, three... As I, said, yeah. <laughs> as I said, I have key powers. I, <laughs> I have no need for that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always, like the Magic. I think, one of the hardest things to do when you're writing an experience is to... Write something that is a, dare I say, expecting of the players. Mm-hmm. Where you, because yeah, you look at it and you go, how do you set up loot when you don't know what your party composition is going to be like? Right. Yeah. And I always think it's it's nigh impossible to find good stuff for monks. Okay. It's just hard to do. That, that is where you do kind of like the accessory stuff where it doesn't like yeah. hinder, but it... You, you can find that kind of nice... You usually lean into like items and accessories, at least that's what I would do. Gauntlets. Or, you know, try to fully... Some rings, some necklaces. Try to fully invest in like the plausibility of what the enemies are carrying on them and then send mm. the appropriate enemies to give the appropriate loot, so to speak, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if you needed your monk to get some kind of cool stuff... Why not send an order of evil monks after them? Like it makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. like, or have them come across martial artists or or some of some kind, right? In the same way that you know, fighting sort of normal soldiers is going to give a fighter or a paladin, you know, helpful mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Could drag those crossbows back <laughs> if they weren't on fire. <laughs> um. No, technically, you guys talked me into that second burning hands. Meta game wise, yes, out of yes, but well, let's let's try to yeah. let's try to maneuver back to um, the sort of basics mm-hmm. of the adventure. I will say that I'm not entirely in love with the. I I think it's an overused trope. I like mm-hmm. the elegance of it, but mm-hmm. the you know wagon broke. I mean, if, if you yeah. think about it, that's literally the one of the inciting incidents for Lost Wonder Mine of Fendelver, yeah. right? Is coming um, across. And I don't know whether that is, as we're sort of, I think it's safe to say we're, we're you know, veteran players of 5e at this point. Yeah, um, that seems fair. Uh, that, I, maybe for newer players or people who are coming in with just JRPG experience and not that, maybe that's still 
fresh and welcoming, and but it seems like it, it takes a at least a particular um, effort on the DM's part in order to make that feel more than a trope, right? To feel more than a because it is very hard. Yeah, like I don't know, even JRPG stuff that no, no, you're absolutely right. The JRPG hmm. plays in with like I mean like writing tropes and stuff all the time. Pretty stale with the like as a trope. It seems pretty stale as a trope, even with the. JRPG. Okay, so with the JRPG trappings, it still feels kind of rote, is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was was a good end, Mm. and I'm not sure if you could find a better way to do that, but... My thinking is that... I I think it's going to depend on... I don't know what sort of like... Target audience. Well, no. I I don't know what the document is going to have in terms of like, if any, some like strong like setting material, right? Mm. If... If it's going to be more mechanically focused or more sort of like world, world building flavor. and setting flavor mm-hmm. focused, I think you could probably make this introduction a lot more lively if you tied it into some sort of heavy world building stuff. Like, what kind of wagon is this? Like, maybe you turn it on its head and you make you make uh, Sokka, for instance, um, currently ferrying some uh, Crystallia you know, to, to Sid, yeah. Yeah. Sydney, in order to sort of work, right? And that's your first introduction to that, and there's the possibility of, like, the Crystallia getting damaged in some way in the attack, and then maybe some kind of magical thing goes awry. It creates a little bit of a sense of spontaneity and danger mm-hmm. there, and it also kind of weaves into the Crystallia and the Crystal Keep stuff. Like, and then you could get it, like, repaired at, like, yeah, Sid's place. Yeah, or something yeah. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now... That may be like that. Cre- that introduces a concern about power balance, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know, what happens if all of them are destroyed, or, or what happens if you know you start with so many crystallia that like you're overpowered. Or I mean, those are concerns to add, but yeah, there are ways I think to spice up this initial encounter to make it a little less yeah. um, tropey, right? Bandits and it's in a caravan, yeah. and I think we're all agreed that That's it's fair. it's not tropey in the. In the warm JRPG sense, which is like, you know, uh, insecure boy with anime hair mm-hmm. saves the universe kind of thing. <laughs> it's instead kind of fantasy tropey, right? Which yeah. is a little less um, exciting, brand. right? Yeah. yeah, it's not as not as on brand, right? That's my concern, and I think the rest of it is just, yep. Yeah, this, to me anyway, this feels like an adventure that's trapped between. The world of Dungeons and Dragons and the world of a, a, a JRPG, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not quite; it hasn't comfortably committed to it's either one of those things. You know, it's kind of a rickety bridge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I, I'm again, I, I don't exactly know um, Benjamin's sort of design aims with this thing precisely. So I can't tell whether that's a good thing, if that's intending mm-hmm. with the design because it's supposed to be a kind of a slowly delicately morph your 5e game into a jrpg or if it's supposed to be something more sort of um forward and sort of thorough in its transformation right i I don't know i don't know those are questions that i have after you know having run part of it yeah trying to think if you could you could do the other classic jrpg trope of you've been thrown out of town for reasons likely not directly related to you. You accidentally ate the wrong man's lunch, lunch. at a fair, and now you're on trial at the castle. Common, <laughs> common, common problems. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Did you find a sword in a lake and decided to pull it out? You know how it is. You know how it happens. Yeah, What's this magic like a bow doing out here? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like what, what other kind of fun introductory things you could do that still play into that. You gotta go after, you gotta investigate these these flying cobalt right yeah so we're what what we're trying to do i think is um we certainly don't want to sort of redesign wholesale the adventure or anything like that nor do we want the dm to approach this and go well let me really remix stuff up Mm -hmm. they of course have that right and they're more than welcome to do so but how do you get them off on the right foot how do you how do you make sure that the structure and the ladder and everything is sound enough that they won't necessarily want to go too many rungs off, you know. Yeah. And Still helps, like, their creative juices. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's that weird thing where it's like, well, a lot of JRPGs will borrow from more Western mythology. From fantasy stuff, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a definite, like, feedback loop there, mm-hmm. right? But it... it it does immediately kind of throw that into question of, like, all right, are we playing something with a JRPG twist? I... I almost want, like, if you go with kobolds, you need to describe them in that more uh, Japanese understanding of the mythology um, to really help separate it from that stronger European fantasy. Um, so so to move, so aesthetically, maybe linguistically, just in a couple of different respects, move away from sort of the default Dungeons & Dragons kind of... Yeah, kind of trapping and move into more of a JRPG sort of. Because I'm sitting style. here and trying to go if if we sat down and you didn't tell us this was a JRPG, what would tip us off? To it? Okay, yeah. yeah. And I'm starting to run into moments where it's like the gate was one where I'm like that's that leans a little bit more JRPG ish. The whistling at the gates. Well, yeah, but that I I improv that, so that's like you know <laughs> that's go. not in the the gates Damn. are supposed to be closed at night because yeah. you know that's a that's, that's a fantasy, that's yeah, of course, yeah. But for for me you, the you first for me the first thing that really screams JRPG um, is the fact that. Um, the uh, god of like trade and commerce kind of did the bobbles. Not even that. Had a bit of a feel for me. The first thing for me is the 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 crystallia or the crystal keep. Yeah. 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 Well, before that, it's of course the meals giving you, yeah, sort of bumps, right. That's something I really appreciate. It, anytime you can take a little bit of mechanics and put it onto something that otherwise becomes kind of rote and boring, especially if it's just kind of as light as it's Sleeping been done here. So those yeah. things are those things those are, are nice are sprinkled in and they help to reinforce the JRPG feel. Mm-hmm. But and I think I'm agreeing with you here, Stephen, is that sort of the overarching kind of journey of this um, this adventure, at least so far, right, feels too much like a traditional Dungeons and Dragons adventure yeah. and not like a strong JRPG kind of feel, right? The JRPG doesn't come out in the narrative, it comes out more in like the... It does, yeah, it does come out in codified mechanics more. The aesthetic, um, you know, yeah. there, there are a couple of things. Well, it, you know, obviously there's a spectrum of JRPGs where you're yeah. like clearly fantasy oh, influenced and then mm-hmm. more like kind of post-apocalyptic or industrial. It's like Final Fantasy VII is hardly a fantasy game anymore, yeah. right? You know? It's It's... Because this is a little bit more like the earlier 
Yeah, the early Final Fantasies are obviously very clearly inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. as was Dragon Quest and that sort of thing, right? They're they're emulations of you know O D and D and A D and D, right? You know, so those looking at yeah, like from a mechanics point of view, finding ways to sneak in. If it's like if it does end up being more of a mechanics thing, then like new base classes, just remix them a little bit. Well, I'm sure that those things are going to be included in the the greater document. The greater like, I mean, obviously the advanced classes. Um, the yeah. the legend of Cerulea mentions that there's you know mages and magical practitioners who can mimic monsters' oh, yeah, abilities. Like that's mm-hmm. blue mage right across the yeah the battle, right? Yeah. So those things will be are outside of the scope of this playtest. So I wouldn't okay. be concerned with that per se, but. Okay. Yeah, because you had said you could maybe go into those. Afterwards. Right after the adventure, you could, yeah. if you're continuing with those same characters, you could then go into those advanced classes, right, or something like that. Yeah, because um, they're supposed to be. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe this isn't an old form of this idea, but it's supposed to be more like a job system, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so that you could go classes and advanced classes and stuff like yeah. that. Kind of pick um, up levels, s- gain switch, abilities, switch your job. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's of course again beyond the scope of this playtest, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so the the feeling that I'm getting is that in the basic sort of narrative thread and the very basic sort of the overarching macro design of the adventure itself, that it's too much like a stock fantasy adventure and not enough like a JRPG style adventure. Yeah, it it, it doesn't scream like you know uh, Evilise or something at you, mm. right? You know. <laughs> Yeah, it it just it, it needs some more of that kind of flavor and flair to really sell that idea. And that depends on whether or not again, whether or not yeah. this 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 that's great this greater JRPG is, yeah. document is if that's part of the goal and if they're gonna include that kind of setting material. Mm-hmm. If he's gonna include the setting material, you know. I don't know. That's a good question. But those are it's okay to not have any answers to that. Yeah. Obviously yeah. we're just Welcome we're to we're giving stuff you out. questions maybe. Yeah, questions to think about, right? Which is good. As part of place testing feedback. Yeah. I mean, it, it might be worthwhile if you are looking into those kind of things to do a DM section on how to sell this as more of a JRPG feel than a D&D feel. Sure, yeah. Rather than making it a sort of a setting plus mechanics book yeah. like you would an Eberron or something like yeah. that, you could just carve out a section, maybe There's maybe 10 pages yeah. about like, hey, give- hey, do you like Final Fantasy Tactics? Well, lean into the sort of medieval... Mercenary kind of vibe, and do this, and do this, and do this, and make it feel like that JRPG, or this JRPG. Like you could easily do that, and I think that might that will smooth that'll smooth the problem over of this adventure being too basic fantasy tropey. Um, but I don't think it'll solve the problem. I think it just kind yeah. of paves it over. It again. Loads the puts more workload on the DM to do that rather than built into the adventure itself, yeah. which is which is a complicated question. Like how much how much of the work do you do as a, the designer do you do, and how much of the work do you leave for your DM to do? Right. Yeah, and that that comes down to the groups you look at. Right. There's yeah. plenty who will look at a setting and go, "I like the ideas of this setting. I'm going to remix it and run with it." And others who will go, I'm glad I, I have a source like book word for word. to build, a, yeah, to run a world off. But also, you think, like, anyone could pick up the book 
with any level of sort of experience with Dungeons and Dragons, five mm-hmm. eighty say, and want to participate it. in it. And so you kinda have to design to the Yeah. To the most inexperienced possible member, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you're shortchanging people who just stumble upon the thing or who are interested but are not, you know, who haven't DM'd before, aren't veterans or something mm-hmm. like that. So I th- I personally think you need to err on the side of spelling things out a little bit more, making it clear that like here's the structure, here's the stuff, here's some questions for you the DM that you could possibly answer or ignore completely and then very clearly telegraphing to them like Hey, if you're comfortable with improvising, then do it. But mm-hmm. here's the ladder, here's the structure, the scaffolding, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. It's up to you to sort of cover things up, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in that respect, I think, you know, the, the, the text of the adventure needs more, yeah. like, prompting on the part of the reader to say, look, I know you bought a JRPG document, but if you've only played one, like, let's really give our players and you the strong kind of feel of it to make sure that everyone's on the same page, right? Because you're right, that's actually a good, that's a good point that you made, which is that if I didn't tell you it was a JRPG thing, you wouldn't really have known too much much until you hit... Until we hit the mechanics of the meal. Until you hit the meal mechanics and everything and went like, oh, wait a minute, that's... Yeah, and that, I mean, that's something that I've seen other people do as well, of trying to make meals... Have yeah, that's not that's not exclusive yeah. to JRPGs or to this supplement, right? People but admittedly, played it around with this stuff. Yeah. yeah, which yeah, it's got that kind of monster hunter feel. Yep. Which, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. which monster. itself is technically a JRPG, mm-hmm. right? We don't think of it necessarily like that. It's in the the classical sense. in the in the yeah in the <laughs> classical canon. It's not really, but it it is. I mean, it's um, overly complicated, but you know. <laughs> Which that in itself is a JRPG. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> yes, but there's there's that complicated custom, and then there's overly complicated. Yes. yes. Um, okay. Well, you know, does anybody else have any other sort of observations or com- they don't even have to be? Mm. You know, they might be Problems. questions or they're just like, yeah, you've just if there's something you liked and did or didn't like. Um, I mean, like the setup for it. The, the the cleric sort of hiring you to investigate. Yeah. You, you yeah. get that strong. Here's here's the guy setting this up for you. I have clear connection and reason. I have felt often like, and maybe this is a false memory, but I feel like in a lot of RPGs, like there's and especially JRPGs. I'm thinking of Octopath Traveler right mm-hmm. now, which is where the, there's like a, a religious authority figure who's like, help me with this, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. with the blessing of the church or something like that. That Ooh, makes. We, 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 the ritual needs to be done. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me. But as we said before, it feels like a fantasy quest giver and not a JRPG mm-hmm. quest giver because I, the it, basics are. It's got to be flavored the right way. Yeah, which usually means I'm a big fan of world building. So if yeah. I was going to do it, I'd make institutions where where classes could come from, like hmm. the Mage Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, the Warriors Guild, and. Is basically you start there, they give you orders, and set you on this path. Okay, so sort of, um, so so what you're suggesting is to, depending on the party makeup, mm. to sort of have a couple of threads and say like, okay, well you're superior at your professor at the mage academy or your cleric at the local 
temple of God of, of you know travel or whatever mm. has asked you to do this. I can understand that sort of better serving a sense of world building and flavor, but at the same time, that might overcomplicate the beginning to the point where you're juggling several things that, at once. That expands the introduction. De- de- depending point. on the composition of your party, if you've got a lot of players and they're in all different classes, it may mm. be difficult to sort of weave all that in organically. Oh, right? we're in the middle city. What are you doing? Just all that. Yeah, everybody's doing their own thing, right? I, I think there's some value in in that idea, but For there's also situations. some there's also some possible downsides with that. I well. mean, you can mm. really trim it down as like, yeah, uh, just like a five minute spiel of uh, this is this is a letter you received that says this. Sure. Okay. Mm. Yeah. You could instead of having a sort of one on one personal thing, you could have like a missive or a letter yeah. sent. Because if you're all like part of a guild, or some kind of some kind of magical transmission, they probably something. just are and hiring it. In your I think that would be like, a really good here. setup to we're like, sending you put a party That's together that. where they don't know each other. Right. Yeah. And, and also to um, oh, that classic meet cute. And also to seed <laughs> NPCs that could, of course, be used later mm. or yes. or naturally sort of connected to your your job, right? Your path, right? But again, that's more work on the DM, right? Yeah. So yep. it's where do you, you, do you leave them to do that, or do you spell that out? And in doing so, how much do you spell that out? And how much is that going to increase the word count, which in turn increases the editorial costs, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? It's complicated, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Nothing, nothing's ever simple. That's why we got into this. <laughs> But there's there's some there's some merit in that idea. It's something to consider. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it that could easily be a little sidebar where you go if you're going for a longer campaign play. Here's a way to. And you want to start with up. this. Yeah. Actually, it's a great idea for sidebar. Yeah, if you want to start a campaign with this, why not do it this way, and start seeding NPCs that you can use later on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, any anything else? Mm. Honestly. Um, as far as the the was the was the gift of the magic items something in the thing? Yes, or, I would suggest giving the DM more leeway than what to add there, just because you know party composition, like what we had here. Yeah, I I would lean into the idea of have like two, three, or four mm-hmm. that always show up. And then maybe um, pick a couple from certain types yeah. of okay, classes. Okay, yeah. So a handful yeah. of items that have already been kind of prescribed, right, in the document. Yeah, we're, we're and then and then something like a martial weapon of so. of your choice or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So to better accommodate for different they, party composition. If yeah. they have yeah. different yeah. like stats or whatever, you could just like okay. copy and paste them if they're just like templates. Right. Well, yeah. really, the the, the crystal keep items are just. They are ver- they're simple versions. They're, they're just the thing that they are, but they also have a slot. Side. And those okay. things add additional sort of traits to them rather than changing like, you know, the fundamental like physics or work of say a rapier or something like that. You know? Yeah. The rapier itself doesn't change per se. It's just that this extra trait is added onto this yeah. thing. In the same and way that fire. in the same way that if you get like a flaming sword in Diablo or something like that, it's still a sword, yeah. but there's also this Flame element attached to one it. You know what I mean? Fire. Yeah, kind yeah. of like what yeah. Jared did in uh, the one game he run like a long time ago, where we each got like fire gems and stuff. Yeah, yeah, kind of like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. They sort of add on to the weapon rather than transform it, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. 
Well, that's 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 a good notion, I think. To so you have you split the difference between like giving a, a novice DM some like clear. This is the item that they have available. That's mm-hmm. what they can take. And also, you know, all right. Well, if you do have a party of three monks for some mm-hmm. reason, say they can actually you know get yeah, something very helpful out of this, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because that that's that's always that hard thing to try to write for. Yeah, well, yeah, because you, you can't really anticipate mm-hmm. every possible combination of yeah. players like, and characters. It, it, what do you get a party that's like a monk, a druid, and a wizard? Uh, uh, three coffins. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> staff, staff, and yeah, it's all gauntlets. Yeah, that's when we were like, eh, it's not. It it, it lacks that kind of like fun flavor to it. But I'm glad they added armor in there. Yeah. Because I feel like far too often it's like, oh, you're getting weapons. weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Weapons a lot more hit and miss because usually, yeah, people could actually wear, yeah, some sort of armor. Yeah. Yeah. So in that respect, it's it's broad, but. The details, the particularities of the weapons and armor and accessories could be broader, at least in some respects, to accommodate for weird parties, right? Or mm-hmm. parties that use more simple weapons than they do martial weapons or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, to borrow an idea from Diablo as you bring that up, um, one of those things where one of the characters is a blacksmith who's able to add a socket to a weapon. I'm sure there there are possibilities so, in that later. Yeah. I'm just, let's, again, we're sort to of... To work with what we've get, got. Yeah, yes. we're working with what we've got, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that there's some kind of function, you know, later in sort of the document that'll say, like, if you go to a bigger enough city and a bl- blacksmith can turn a regular weapon into a crystal cake so, weapon, but, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's beyond the scope of... Yeah, the start of it. Yeah. But I think it's a good, I think it's a good point. Maybe offer some, some... The, some some song. weapon equals X or armor equals X kind of thing so that you could the yeah. DM could decide exactly what it, it's you can like fill in those fill in the blank spots. Yeah. Yeah. you give the DM a heads up of like oh we're going to give them this be mindful of your players be mindful also that your yep. player might be like all give rogues. them something that <laughs> they might actually enjoy yeah use. well definitely could use right mm-hmm. without penalty of some kind right yeah 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 okay anything else at least for this first part. No, I don't think so. Yeah, nothing else is coming to mind. Yet. Okay, well, I think that's some, you yeah. know, that's some decent pieces of feedback. I think, given that, you know, we're not we're not done with it yet, yeah. and obviously, when we do finish it, we'll have a, a better idea of the the thing in its totality, and we'll see if mm-hmm. you know how we yeah. feel about it then, right? Is this is this something you'd you know apart from Ignore me. Yes, ignore you. Is this something that you would want to see to the end? Is this something that you want to finish? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, does it motivate you to, like... I want to see these oh, kobolds. It, you want to see what like, the fine kobolds yeah, are? Uh, yeah. There's, there's nothing better than a good mystery. I, yeah. I, um, I could see it be, like, paper mache or actually be, like... <laughs> Well, the breathing fire thing is difficult with paper mache. I think they would Well, well I know, like, the wings are, like, paper mache, and they actually, like... The blue magic where they can I actually see. breathe, okay. but I like see. the wings are like super fake. See, I, I'm corner. still leaning on like you, you've got a wizard out there who's just like messing with people, and it's mostly <laughs> illusions, but is still actually so killing. Basically, people. a Scooby Doo villain at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Smoke and mirrors. But yeah, I'm definitely. It does motivate me to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a good enough hook where it's like, okay, okay what's going on? Yeah, what's interrupting so, trade? You might not be. That can fly. Yeah, I mean it's. You look into D&D and some of the advanced books for it, and it's like, yeah, okay, there's 
kobolds who actually have wings. Yes, like a dragon jutsu. Yeah. Oh, no, it's actually like a type kobold. of kobold. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like, I think, draconic apprentices or something like that. Or I can't remember what exactly. But it's, it's still enough there where it's like, as long as your world isn't 100% sure what's going on there, you can sell players on that same idea of, no, wait, what? <laughs> right. Hold on. Yeah. Because you could do other things like... Orcs in Japan are a lot more pig-like than... Oh, it's just winged kobold. There you go. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought it was just... There's a version of this is winged kobold. I mm-hmm. seem to remember that. Then, like, the Western idea of orcs. And that's where you could get, like, descriptions. The, the Norse idea of orcs? <laughs> uh, will you please um, send me the recording of this so that I can go ahead and send it on to yep. Benjamin just in case something goes awry and we can't... Oh, finish it. Like, yeah, and just make sure we're not like super deep voiced. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you'll be able to understand. <laughs> yeah, if I mean, well, it's, it's not that. Bad. If we're all editing, if we're all um, Tim Curry from Legend, I don't think that's oh, going to be a nice. problem. <laughs> Tim Curry. Tim Curry in general. Okay. Obviously, you can. Pretty simple. Um, the best thing to do would be to cut out all the character creation stuff and start it. Yeah, I think we started. Yeah. Ended well, up starting an hour talk. Yeah, let's jump straight to the salad <laughs> talk. So, <laughs> you know, cut, cut all that out <laughs> and start at the uh, the, the the cleric's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. introduction and stuff. Yeah, I I think I've got the exact timestamp for that. So that well, that's good. Yeah. Doable. I don't, I don't I, want. I, I was going to figure out like we should have. The yeah. Very quiet penciling. To to it's yeah. I, I think it ended up being almost exactly an hour when I started it. Uh, maybe an hour and fifty seconds. Okay. But yeah, it's it's like right on that edge. It didn't bother. It didn't bother me. But I, I know that if I were listening to it, to try oh, yeah. to get like to where it actually start. Yeah. Because yeah. if even if you just give them a timestamp of different media players of like uh, no no I'm, yeah. not, I'm not quite at the front. It's like uh, oh now I have so to much, be. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like when people say, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, we're doing a spoiler cast on something. If you want to skip it, skip it ahead to, to this point. And I'm like, how many how many minutes is that so I can tap through the 30 second skip to get there? Right. Oh yeah. But I don't edit things. What are you talking about? 